is this thing on? Is this thing on? It must be on. And it must be Sunday morning because we are recording before the three count. I am yours truly, the one, the only, G.A. West. And I'm coming at you with my main man, the host with the most, the one, the only, Unnamed host, a.k.a. Pound for Pound, the greatest host of all time. Wow, all right. Uh, all I got to say to that is, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, yeah, um, I would say for this week of uh, Fresh Little Wrestling, it's been relatively uh, uh, tame. Nothing too crazy uh, out the woods. Um, with basically uh, leading up to Mania in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we are. Uh, I, I think exactly, basically one month away. Uh, WrestleMania is April first and second. Indeed. Um, so today is March fourth. Indeed. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I feel comfortable just calling that a even month away, uh, seven, uh, four weeks. You know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we're in full swing with uh, two main storylines heading into Mania. One being the Bloodline, and the other being uh, Cody Rhodes' uh, destiny fulfillment. You know, uh, to honor uh, his uh, father's uh, once goal um, in getting the World Heavyweight uh, Championship. Yes. Yes. And uh, I'll be honest, I have not watched WWE yet this week. Have you? Uh, no, last one I saw was SmackDown, uh, was it last week? Well, I think it was the, the most recent show that they had on Hulu last week. Okay, yeah, that would be last week's. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so I've read uh, a couple spoilers of okay. some things. Um, I guess the, the biggest news on the WWE end, uh, that I read, there are, uh, new women's tag team champions. Oh, okay. And uh, a return of a legend. Who was the return? Trish Stratus. Some Stratus okay. faction. Okay. Uh, Alright. I'm surprised actually now that I think about it. They didn't have a pop-up during the Elimination Chamber while I was in uh, you know, Canada. Yeah, or even uh, they were in Toronto the next week, I think. Yeah, um, it seems a logical choice. Yeah, um, although the rumor and innuendo is that uh, for some reason she wasn't available. It's not known which side. Okay. The issue. Okay. Because uh, yeah, she had been rumored coming back for a while leading up to uh, the Canada stuff. Speaking of Canada, I'm surprised when. Um... Jay and Jimmy showed up because I thought they had issues preventing them to get into the country. Yeah, the uh, you would think the DUIs, and I guess first and foremost, I don't know if both of them were there. I feel like it was just Jimmy. I thought um, no, both of them showed up because they had the whole super kick party. Nah, 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 because Jay, Jay hasn't touched Sammy. Oh no, I'm thinking uh, the Kevin Owens. You're match. thinking of the yeah, yeah. You're thinking uh, of Kevin Owens match. That's right. But then yeah, the elimination. 
Yeah, but Elimination Jay- Chamber was just J- Jimmy. Was it Jimmy? Not J- oh yeah. Oh, well, either yeah. Way, one of them was there, and but they both have you know records with uh. Yeah. So that's why I'm surprised that like even that was even possible. Same, same. Because uh, going be into to, it, yeah, I'd be curious to know what was the 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 details for them to manage that. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I don't know if the lot. With DUIs, can you can your record be expunged after so much time, or is that like forever? Um, you forever. That's a that's a good question. But I'm actually looking it up right now on the Google yep. machine. Yep. Apparently, if it's been five years since your con- conviction, yep. Um, it, and you have a you've been rehabilitated through an appropriate government office or border station. Okay. Um. You can you can possibly get into Canada. Ah, impressive. So so maybe that's uh, so there there's the uh, loophole I guess we'll say. Okay. So uh, at at least Jimmy must be five years since his last conviction and appropriate rehab. Well, that's good. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the real thing is if you can stay on that course. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the that's the real. Um, and actually not to segue off, but uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, I guess this would count as AEW news at this point, but, uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, just got his sentencing. Correct. Correct. And, uh, no jail time, thankfully. No, nah, but he has like a 10 years, uh, suspension on, with his license though, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's, he can't drive for 10 years. Which is crazy. Yeah, because um, this thing is like the mundane task that you have to, you know, go to the grocery store, go to like, uh, ga- well, not, I was going to say the gas station, but you can't do that. But I'm saying like, <laughs> go to the store, wherever yeah, you, know, just, if you, you want some food. To, yeah, if you does any, You don't want to pay like $30 in DoorDash fees and you just want to, yeah. <laughs> you know. If he has to do any indie show, I mean, even if you have to like take his kids to school, can't do that. Yeah. You know? And uh, the part that I don't understand of the whole thing, they also put a breathalyzer on his car. And I'm like, well, if he can't drive anyways, why why, why would you have a breathalyzer on the car? Oh, I thought it was like after the fact, but oh, it's during this whole, uh, okay. I'm yeah, pretty sure, crazy. yeah. Okay. So I'm like, so that's kind of crazy. But, uh, but yeah, and let that be a lesson to all our listeners out there, like, it's worth it to take that Uber one time so you don't need to take it for 10 years. I know, right? Just think, uh, I'd be curious to know what would be more expensive. Like the the, the gas and all that type of stuff or just the back and forth of uh, Uber or Lyft. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably the Uber Lyft is probably more expensive. Um, yeah, because that, that car service. Yeah, because when I've uh, ridden uh, in like Uber, uh, typically or Lyft, you know, been like at least over 20 bucks. Yeah, you know. And, uh, so it's, uh, so yeah, it's definitely an expensive lesson learned, uh, but hopefully, lesson learned. You only hope. I mean, this wasn't his first uh, DUI, unfortunately, so. It was his third offense. Yeah. Three strike. Well, how many times do you have to get it before they actually take your license for good? 
Well, that's uh, been the interesting thing with this one. Um, a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, actually, I, I just mean uh, I've seen a couple headlines on the internet. Um, but people were shocked that he didn't get jail time. And because uh, I guess with the uh, amount of alcohol that he had in his system and it being his third third offense, people figured, oh, he'd definitely be getting some jail time. How, how high was his blood alcohol count? I think it was like two times the limit. Wow. Yeah. And it was like nine in the morning. That's the what? that's the crazy part. It wasn't an evening uh evening bus? No, every no, it was nine in the morning. He was in rush hour traffic on the highway. I thought he was going to uh or leaving a show at the time. The show was the night before. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Wait a minute. So did they bust him at like like two, three, four in the morning type of thing, or like? No, no, no. They busted him at nine in the morning. So wait, all right. So the show was the night before. So he was drinking all the way up to that time until nine in the morning. That's the part I'm curious about because it, it had to be one of two things: either okay. he was drinking that whole time, and then okay. thought like, "Oh man, like I'm okay. I'm a I'm gonna get going." Okay. Or, the other one that in my head makes more sense, uh-huh. um, he was super drunk and okay. was like, I'm going to sleep this off for a couple hours okay. and be okay. Okay. But not realizing, yeah, nah, you're still super drunk. Like, Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, because right. the, <laughs> the math of that like makes it even wilder because the show would probably end the math, like, shows typically probably will go further to like, 10 o'clock for you guys at the latest. You know, yeah, if it, well, you know, you gotta figure he, he probably went to a bar. Yeah. So, you know, I, that, that to me puts you at 2, 2 a.m. We'll, we'll say the bar closes at 2. Yeah, unless, and you, that's why. unless you're in Manhattan, then you, it's <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And uh, so, so that's why in my head, I'm like, oh, like he probably thought he'd sleep it off a little bit and then get going. And, uh, still drunk and I can I can remember in college having a couple of experiences not driving thank 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 God but just uh, <laughs> you know you go to you go to bed uh under the influence and you wake up still under that influence yeah but I, I've definitely had a couple experiences of that back in the college days well, um, how long does not... how long is alcohol staying system for depends how much you have that's the, <laughs> you know okay. and, and that's the the real crazy part when you really start thinking about it it's like yeah he was two times over the limit and you know maybe he did just drink all night into the morning but i i think it makes more sense that he probably took a nap and was still like that kind of drunk after Woo. yeah yeah man this is a very cautionary tale Yes, definitely. Plus, yeah. It's also uh, interesting because, like, I feel like with wrestlers of today's generation, I don't think we're gonna be seeing these type of taglines. I think, like, like the Jeff Hardy generation is sort of like the the end of those type of like scandalous like headlines of you know influenced you know headlines. You know what I mean? I, I would have to agree with that, and it's such a shame actually because the Hardys when they got to WWE, they were straight edge. Really? Yes. So uh, what? No drinking, no drugs. So what turned the the tides? Uh, drinking wise, apparently, yeah. and this is uh, according to the Hardy's book, um, 
what was their book called? Like Live for the Moment, I think, or okay. uh, something like that. Um, I read it a long time ago, and uh, they said JBL um, they, they gave them their first drink, um, and it was like a you know basically like a rib, like a you know all right, like now if you want to be one of the boys, like you got to have some drinks with us, kind of situation. Okay. okay. Um, and that was the first time they had drinks, and then um, unfortunately, due to their wrestling style, uh, they were hurt often and uh, started getting prescribed pain pills. But that, that was for everybody back then, right? The somas. Yeah, yeah. Back then, I mean, everybody was, you know, we didn't know what we know now, I guess, about pain pills and everything else. And, uh, right. And a lot of guys back then really abused them. Um, you know, I think everybody's heard the infamous Shawn Michaels stories. And yep. Razor Ramon and Diesel, and they'd be all pilled up. And, you know, and they, they, had, would, uh, they would have the alcohol with the Somas. Yes. Deadlier. Yes, right. And what's really crazy to think about, you hear uh, Kevin Nash on uh, some of these shoot interviews, he talks yep. about their regimen. They would take the pain pills before the match. And they oh, not No, they'd take it before because it takes a little while to kick in. Yeah, I heard, yeah, depending on how big you are. Yeah. And so Nash explained, he's like, yeah, he's like, you take it right before the match or like five minutes before the match. So that's why it's kicking in right by the end of the match. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, probably for him too, because he's a big dude. He probably, you know, has to probably take more than the average, you know, uh, performer. Yeah, well, uh, you know, according to him, um, at least one time, uh, him, was it him, Razor, and Michaels? Yeah, it was him, Razor, and Michaels. They split a bag of 100 um, pills, yeah. And uh, he said Razor was, like, all screwed up, and Razor said it's because he took 34, and yep. each of them only took 33. <laughs> uh, he took one, that, one, that one extra one put him over the hill. Yeah, yeah, that's what... <laughs> and uh, it's funny to hear Nash talk about it. And uh, for anybody listening, you know, definitely check it out on YouTube. You can find the clips. Um, Kevin Nash, uh, I think if you just put in Kevin Nash, like, shoot interview, um, you probably find, find the clips. It's from uh, the You Shoot series. Um, with that guy that's now actually the co-host of his podcast. Yeah, uh, Sean Oliver. Yes, there we go. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, so definitely uh, worth a, a listen there to hear some craziness of how those guys used to get down. But who won't even take that many? Like, I don't even like taking, like, you know, trying to swallow, like, two pills, you know, <laughs> like, three or 34. It's like, I feel like I would choke, like, just on, like, the fourth one. Like I would get like, dose. Yeah, like how they take it all like like hand by like just take a handful and then just pop 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 like that's just crazy. Yeah, and I can say from my own experience, um well I guess I I'll, I'll give two examples. Number one, just uh supplements, you know, like health supplements I, that yeah. I take on a daily basis. Um I take, let me see. Two multivitamins, one vitamin C, one vitamin D, a fish oil, joint support, and Epicat. So in the morning, uh, I take seven pills um, wow. all, at, all at once, like all like seven one. in my mouth wow. and uh, a bunch of water. Yeah, that would like freak me out because I'd be like, I hope I don't, like I said, 
choke on <laughs> So yeah, over you know, I, I think I built that up over time because I'm thinking okay. about it. I'm like when I very first started uh, getting into health and fitness, I remember taking the uh, G and C Mega Man vitamins. Yeah, uh, back in the day, and that was uh, three of those a day, um, and and those were pretty big. Um, and I remember taking just you know you basically you take one with every meal. Okay, um, was was the idea, and uh, I remember like back then, and this was uh, I was in high school still, um, and being like, wow, like one pill, like and trying to swallow it, it's crazy, like. Right. And now, like, you know, we're talking 20 years later, and I'm like, yeah, seven in my mouth at once, ba -ba, like, a little <laughs> bit of water, and it's, like, all down, like, you know. All right, all right. That's good. But, um, all right, all right. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, this week, wrestling, like I said, uh, not too crazy, other than the mania stories. Um, well, uh, oh, and that's where we had started was, uh, the, I think the biggest news is the new women's tag team champions. Yep. Spoiler. And, uh, yeah, spoiler. Um, although it's been, at this point, for anybody listening, it's been a week since Raw. So, you know, if you haven't watched it, it's on you. That includes us. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, new women's tag team champions. So I guess uh, Trish Stratus came out, made her return. I don't know the specifics, but she somehow helped uh, the tag team of Becky Lynch and Lita win the uh, women's tag team championships. Okay. So that's kind of crazy. Um, the uh, rumor and innuendo is that this is going to lead to a match at WrestleMania between Trish Stratus and Bailey. Why they threw that to the, the the wall quickly? Yeah, very, very. Um, and I guess the the question um, is will it be a singles match with those two or will they turn it into a six six woman tag uh, with Bailey and Damage Control against Trish Stratus, Lita and Becky Lynch what would you prefer um, I think I would prefer a singles match just to like really see like does Trish Stratus still get down like that but does um, she ever really get down as a performer I feel like and so here's the funny thing, because I'll, I'll be honest, I don't really remember too many Trish Stratus matches. Mm -hmm. um, when I think of Trish Stratus, I think of Vince McMahon getting dipped down and broken like a dog. Um, yeah. You know? yeah. But with that being said, I feel like everybody talks about like Trish Stratus was like the pioneer of women's wrestling. Okay. So right. she must have got down like for everybody to talk about her like that and be like, oh, like she was the she was the first one that wasn't just pretty. They were like, she could also wrestle. Okay. Okay. So that's why I'm kind of like, and I, I honestly, I, again, I don't really remember too many Stratus matches for, for, you know, to be fair. Yeah. But, but if everybody thinks she gets down like that, then I want to see it. But, um, at the same time, the, uh, rumor and innuendo is Triple H, uh, wants shorter match nights for WrestleMania. Um, I'm with that. Don't need no more five-hour, seven-hour events. Agreed. Um, you know, exactly. And uh, I think it was JD from New York. Um, or I don't know if he's JD from New York or JD from NY. Uh, as I think about him, like, I think it's just JD from NY. Um, he is a, I think he's a podcaster. Um, 
but I know, uh, you know, he's definitely, uh, I've watched some YouTube shorts of his. He's come up in my recommendations, uh, I think because I listen to Conan and Disco and they've referenced him before. Um, but he's, uh, he's not a guy that like, he's not a journalist. Like he's not like a Dave Meltzer that reports news. He's more like a, uh, he's more like us, you know, he, he brings you the news from other people and gives his opinion on it. Um, but I believe, yeah, it was him. He, he was saying that if that's true, that Triple H wants shorter, uh, pay-per-views that makes sense because, uh, NXT, those were always short pay-per-views. Those were only two hours back in the day when he was running things. Okay. And uh, they'd always be like two hours and five matches. And it's like, okay, so maybe that's Triple H's vision like of how, how it should go down. Um, and then, so yeah, that makes sense for him to want shorter uh, Mania nights and to be more focused on the action. So maybe a six-woman six tag might make more sense in that regards. Yeah, um, but I can also see him probably trying to like Cut matches, uh, which guys probably won't be happy because that means they won't get uh, a decent paycheck for the night. Well, I don't think that's a real thing anymore anyway. Oh, okay. Since the network, like, I'm like, um, and, and really, I, I guess, because this was CM Punk's big thing when he left. He would say, with the network now, they, they, they did away with the pay-per-view bonuses, so you're no, no longer getting six figures for WrestleMania. Oh, Okay. And uh, so I don't know if that's changed since that time because it has been a long time since CM Punk left. Right. But, but I feel like I'm like, well, there's, you know, that, that makes sense to me that that wouldn't change. And I think as I think of it right now, yeah, the model had to change because now guys have guaranteed contracts. Oh, they do? Yeah. Okay. You know, back in the day, um, like Austin famously, uh, well, actually, it's not really him that talks about it. It's Jim Ross that talks about it. Jim Ross is like, Austin only had a $1,500 uh, a week guarantee when he was like in his prime, like running a stone cold, like and selling all that merch. Okay. But he would, so even though his guarantee was only $1,500 a week, and that's, you know, that's not a lot of money when you think of like a big time wrestling superstar. Uh-uh. Um, you know, because I'm trying to think, is that even six figures? No, um, no, no. That's like seventy-five thousand a year. Now that I, I just did some quick, quick math. Um, so yeah, so you know, his guarantee was seventy-five thousand a year in the height of the Stone Cold, um, you know, era. But yeah. with that being said, he was making so much money from merchandise and pay-per-views. Um, you know, that's where it was. Uh, Jim Ross says that Austin would regularly make seven figures a quarter uh, just from his merchandise. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, so so I think, yeah, the deals were differently structured back then, where it's like, yeah, you didn't get guaranteed to get a lot of money up front, but you could make more, you know, by selling merchandise, by headlining WrestleMania and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh, you're guaranteed your money, like rain, snow, sleet, or hail. You know, <laughs> but you, you you get paid like what you, what you're owed, um, and the guys are making really good money now. Um, you know, I feel like pretty much everybody that's on the main roster has a, at least a six figure deal. Yep. I wonder if they get any royalties with uh, the video games and network and all that type of stuff. 
Yes, but it's well, and I guess it's going to vary from probably from person to person. Okay. But uh, from what I understand, it's not a lot. Um, I think it was Dutch Mantel that was recently talking about like how little uh, you actually make from like the royalties. Okay. Okay. And if you think about it, yeah, I mean, I think on the video game alone, how many like people? There's probably like 200 wrestlers on, in the video game nowadays. Pretty much like, the complete roster. Yeah, complete and old timers, legends. Yeah, legends. Well, yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's only you know, only everybody could take a petty. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wonder if wrestlers that got released but stay on the the game roster also get paid. Because I know for the last um, WWE 2K game, they had um, uh, uh, Strickland uh, swear, um, was on it. Because, you know, obviously he was with uh, Hit, Hit, uh, Hit Bro. But then he got released, like, you know, hours obviously after the fact the game was completed, but he was still in the game. So I'd be curious, like, did he get any compensation behind that? You know what I mean? I'm with you, um, and yeah, that's a really good question. How how all that works too? Yeah. Like, if you with the company, then you get released, and like they still use your likeness for profit. Like, I'd be like, you better give me some money. Yeah, and, and you know what? They, I bet they do because that's Jesse Ventura won that lawsuit way way back. What was the lawsuit about? Um, about uh, because they were using um his voice for from uh commentary. Uh, no, they know, from, it out. If you listen to the network, he, he's not right. But that that that's that's because he won that lawsuit. Oh, okay, okay. I thought they was like, oh, but it's not gonna, you know, have him in there, so there's no lawsuit present. But okay, so that was no, that, that's that that was that that was there. They were like, oh, okay, you won this lawsuit. We owe you money for if we use your voice. Then now nah, we just won't use your voice. That that, that was the solution. He still got paid for it though, right? Uh, he got paid something, but uh, I, but I think yeah, their solution was well, we just won't use your voice. Like, okay, okay. But like they had to pay him for like what they had done prior or whatever, you know. Right, right, right. right. So at least he, he gets some compensation. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and I mean, he, in theory, that he did the right thing. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and Jesse Ventura has always been. Um, I don't know if ahead of the curve is the right phrase to use there, but. You know, he uh, he was involved in that that first big. Uh, uh, well, I guess technically it wasn't him being involved in the trial, but he was able to get information because he wanted to uh, he wanted to unionize. Yep. And then it was during I think it was during the steroid trial that he was able because Vince McMahon had to like testify, you know, under oath. That's when uh, he was able to find out that it was Hogan that that shot down the union. Which is crazy. Well, it makes sense for Hogan. Yeah, because he was a top, uh, top guy. Yeah, so it would have cut into Hogan's money. Hogan, Hogan was making out like, you know, like yeah, a bandit at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but the long haul, it hurt. Well, I was going to say, do you think it hurt the wrestling business in the in the long run? Um, That is a good question. Um, and I guess, the, so. so here's the big question. Did the existence of WWE hurt the wrestling business in the long run? Because they, you know, nationalized. Yeah. So I, I really think that that becomes the question. Is that what hurt wrestling in the long run? Because uh, 
I, I think the union thing, I don't know if that would have hurt or helped um, long term. Well, it's no different uh, than Hollywood having SAG. So, and that hasn't destroyed the film industry. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny to, and here's where, you know, sometimes wrestlers, and I'm going to even include myself in this because I'm a wrestler, sometimes wrestlers are dumb. Um, I'm thinking about Ryback because Ryback talks about uh, if they had unionized, you know, and he should get paid the same amount as the, the other, like, top guys because, like, every it's all a work, you know? Well, I mean, but, a union doesn't mean that everybody makes the same, though. Right, exactly, and that's what I'm thinking because I'm like Tom Cruise. He still gets paid, you know, whatever he gets paid. Right, but it helps in negotiations. It helps strengthen. Like you can, you know, strikes can happen if you know things people get taken advantage of. You get benefits, you know, health insurance, uh, which definitely the wrestling industry needs. I think even stuntmen's have like uh, some union in Hollywood, so they do. And the crazy thing is, since Vince wanted to make it more entertainment like in the eyes that if it's gonna be similar like a hollywood then that's sort of not out the realm of possibility of having a union yeah but then there goes money out of his pockets oh no, no I, I know for the, for his perspective he don't want but i'm just saying for wrestlers in general and be like all right this is trying to be more entertainment then we gotta have to have like entertainment type you know stipulations yeah no i feel you on that and uh We'll see if we ever get to that because I feel like AEW when it started, yeah, that was kind of their thing. They were like, "Oh, like we're gonna have insurance and we're gonna have this and that," yeah. and uh, I don't think they do. <laughs> yeah, because like we said, like for like Tony and the the rest of them, like you said, like the EVPs are cutting into into their paycheck. But wrestlers really do need some sort of because I mean, the only thing without. The only thing that the, the plus I can see of being a 1090 uh, uh, contractor is that you have freedom to say, you know, no, and then you bounce. You know what I'm saying? You have that type of freedom. You know what but I mean? The problem is they don't. Well, I remember Kevin Nash mentioned uh, in one of his uh, click this uh, episodes that that, you know, helped him leverage things that if like he didn't like how things were going, he was like, he, he would tell management 1090. Or 1099. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was... But then again, he is Kevin Nash, so he has a little more juice behind his name where, like, someone who's, you know, uh, a, a new a new Jack, not new Jack Russell, but a, a newbie, <laughs> couldn't have that type of... And if they did, they, you know, could get possibly blackballed or whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? Because even right. though wrestling is a big industry, it's relatively small. Like, everybody knows everybody. Exactly, and uh, you know you hear hear about it all the time. Guys being stuck under contract and being unhappy. Yep. Um, but they can't just leave. Um, yep. You know and the way the contracts are structured these days. Yeah, I think it makes it very different and difficult. Um, heck, look at uh, Kenny Omega. Um, you know, we talked a little bit last week. AEW added time to his contract for the time he was out injured. Yep. So uh, things have definitely changed over the years. Um, you know, because you hear about the stories from back in the day of uh, Bruiser Brody or uh, Abdul the Butcher, like they would just show up at a territory and then leave that territory, like you know, whatever they felt like it. Right. So, like I said, you do have that freedom back then, but I feel like, yeah, I think things changed a lot uh, at some point in time in like the 80s. Because, uh, 
yeah, guys stopped just leaving whenever they wanted and started becoming about contracts and blah, blah, blah. And that's why it was like a big deal for Lex Luger to show up on Nitro. But that was also too good time when they were gone. So you only had two companies basically in your field. It's similar to like the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like you can only go to like play in, you know, the States or you want to go play in like China. You know, like other, you know, players have done. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I feel you. So it, it changed. Yeah, I guess. And that's probably, yeah, you know what? As, as you're saying it, that, that would make sense. That's where the dynamic changed. Yeah, the, uh, it, it took away options. Right. So then there was which, no more just... Which is why you need a union, because then you can <laughs> have somebody, you know, uh, a union to you know go into arbitration and fight on your behalf. Yeah, definitely something to be said for that. Yeah, can we look at, like, the biggest, like... A lot of, in, in, you know, in, in the States, yeah, you know, there's not many unions, you know, that they once were, but the ones that are around here are very strong. Like, you know, like, the, sure. you know, like the, you know, for, like, trade... You know, folks, uh, folks, you know, uh, in the in the services, not services, um, uh, like uh, civilian services, like those type of yeah. things, like police, firefighters, like they have very strong unions to help represent them. That's true. Um, so, although I will say, um, and it's funny because, uh, you know, different people have different perspectives on unions. Right. Um, I know my mother, when she was a business owner, uh, yep. she was anti-union. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, I think she was a believer of she just treated people fair and yep. all that and didn't want yep. people to step in on that. And I, I can think of her explaining to me <laughs> um, kind of why she was anti... Well, not even her explaining it to me, but her giving me an example because I was in a union at one point. Um, I briefly yeah, worked for you. Uh, I briefly worked for UPS. Okay. Um, back in the day, and uh, funny enough, um, I, I hated the job. Uh, I shouldn't even say I hated the job itself. I actually liked the job itself, but okay. uh, I hated the hours because uh, I was a truck packer. Okay. And so that meant I had to be there at like three in the morning. To uh, pack the truck so they could get on their route at you know six or seven whatever time they they leave, right? And uh, after a, a couple weeks of it, um, it, it just it, it wasn't the job for me, right? And uh, I was a little young and immature, um, and so instead of quitting, I uh, slept through my shift a few times. Okay. And um, but instead of getting fired, like. I'm trying to remember exactly how it went down. Yeah, at first I got a warning, and it was like, uh, like, oh, like if you don't show up tomorrow, like you'll be fired. Okay. But then, like, I got like a call from the union, being like, we can protect you, like, you know, like. <laughs> and um, and that was so crazy to me um, because it was like, well, I'm trying to get fired. I'm just immature, like not not man enough to quit, like you yeah. know. <laughs> like, it's a week. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, so it was wild to me. And I remember telling my mom about it. My mom's like, "That's why I don't like unions." My mom's like, "You should be fired. Like, yeah, like there shouldn't be any protection for you." Yeah, it it couldn't hold on to undesirables that you know taking up space for others that actually could probably you know either want to be there or might be a little better in regards right. to that. Yeah, right. So, 
But then, yeah. And but on the flip side, if you feel like you're getting taken advantage of by management, they could step in and you know help rectify that as well. It's a it's a it's a you know fifty fifty you know coin. Yeah, you know it's uh it's I guess it's one of those things in a fair world. If everything is equal, then it works great. Right. Right now, do you, as a, a independent contractor, do you would you prefer to have a union or no? Um. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because uh, as an independent contractor, I'm not making enough money at my level um, okay. where I feel like a union would be beneficial. Um, and I could even, I would compare it to uh, my experiences with acting and in the acting world. Uh, but I mean, yeah. it, could, it, it could relatively, if you had a union, um, if you are in a union, they could help, you know, increase your wages. Yes, but it would still have to be a big increase. So uh, when I was doing the acting thing, uh, I was pretty close, actually, to, to getting uh, enough credits for SAG. Okay. And so then I started looking into it, and uh, but I found out I would have to pay, like, 200-and-something bucks a month like yeah, into you... it. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty much what I'm making, like, doing, doing the, the, these gigs. Like, Yeah, but I think with, with SAG, you, they, you have to, like, they, they they give you almost like you have to make this certain amount um uh for each yes. gig. That's why some yes. some certain films have non-SAG actors and others do have SAG actors. Right. I think with SAG actors they gotta get paid way more. But it's not a lot. That's the thing. Like it, you know, just being a SAG actor doesn't guarantee you making a lot of money. Right, but you're getting more if you want to get scale. No, but it's still, I mean, so so just using me as the example, um, yeah. I was typically getting $80 a day. Right. Um, that was typically my deal. I think the SAG people were only getting like 120 Okay. Doing the same thing. And so it's like, yeah, they're making, you know, 33% more money. Or actually, no, they're making 50% more money. Yeah, um, that's, that's not know. bad. No, that's not bad, but just Probably in the scope... Do they have any other caveats as well as uh, increased uh, wages on set? Like, do they get, you know, uh, probably more, I don't know. They get better out. catering. Yeah, better catering. So there's more benefits than, you know, non. But I, I see, like, weighing the cons more than anything. It's one of them things where, like, for me, when I was looking at it at that time, I was like, oh, it wouldn't be worth it to join. I'm like... Okay basically like yeah it's better catering but not like oh man you're getting filet mignon you know okay um it's just like oh instead of you know cereal you're getting i don't know something a little bit better like <laughs> you also uh, probably get more, probably get more callbacks not necessarily um, and, and that's where it became, and, and it's really, it depends on what level you're at where, where something like that makes a difference. Um, cause yeah, I think like if I was like, if I was probably like one or two steps higher, yeah, it, it would have been worth it. Okay. But, but the level I was at and the amount of acting I was doing, like it would have basically just been a, I, I think I figured out that it would have been like a net loss basically. Okay. Okay. And I would rather my eighty dollars a day at that point. Okay. Okay. All right. And, All right. Uh, but um, yeah, I guess with the wrestling, you know, uh, it's one of those topics that come up and then it goes it goes away for some years and then pops back up again. 
yeah you know um I, <laughs> it's kind of funny how the pendulum swings yeah yeah i mean yeah uh especially now where if like say if vince does sell the company and all you have left is like aew and you know tna like it dwindles down more and more like will that option pop up or more competition take away that whole discussion you know what i mean like we said similar how like the, the the territories with brody and abdullah can you know go from place to place because there were so many options but then when it started to dwindle down like more talk of union popped up yeah um well i i guess you know if number one if vince sells wwe is not going away you know True. it'll It'll just be uh, different, different ownership, uh, which as of right now looks like it will be Saudi Arabia owning it. Um, you don't want, yeah. no, other, no other entities' names popped up. <laughs> Not for the nine billy that supposedly they're asking for. You still sticking to that number? That's that's what everyone's saying. Whew. I mean, like does does he really need nine billion? I mean. Obviously, taxes could take a substantial chunk out of that, so you'll you'll probably have like eight point something. But nonetheless, the man is what seventy six, at least I feel like, right? And it seems like his family they seem to be on a interesting you know situation. So I I doubt like a lot of that's gonna be generational wealth we passed down the line. (laughs) You know, it's like is he seventy seven. Yeah, is it really necessary to have a, a you know exuberant number like that? Um, I, I I have to assume it's not even for the financial benefit. Okay. Like, at this point, what what could Vince McMahon want or need? You know, because he's bored at home. But then again, I don't know. Maybe he wants to sell and still have some sort of role in the company. Um, it's either that or it's just for the um. For the to say he did, you know, like a vanity project, basically for him. Yeah, like you know, I came back, and you know, after you know, they tried to disgrace me, but it's like you can't can't do things without Vince McMahon, and with Vince McMahon coming back now, now I sold the company for nine billion. No one else can do that. Ah, I'm the genetic jackhammer. Ha, you know. Yeah. Like that—that's how I look at it. I'm like, yeah, he just wants to come back just to to say, you know, he—he's the man that executed that and made that big money deal. And I think for him, that will almost justify his life. Um, you know, there's—he built yeah. up a nine billion dollar industry, right? Like, and and that that will be the narrative. It will be Vince McMahon took wrestling from high school gyms. To, to a nine billion dollar industry. That that's 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 how they will tell that story. Okay, okay. All right. So, so that's you what I think it is. Find, you think we ever find uh, the smoking gun as far as who released that whole? You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be one of those like somehow like they had like with Watergate with Nixon. Like would it, would we ever find out who uh, blew up uh, Vince's spot? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I have my guesses as to who it was. Um, who, who, what's your, what was your, what was your guess? Well, uh, my funny guess is yep. Shane McMahon because okay. uh, I don't know if everyone remembers when uh, he fought Undertaker at WrestleMania a few years back, 
Okay. And, uh, that whole storyline was Shane McMahon had a lockbox with Vince McMahon's secrets in it, and he was okay. going to let it out. Um, and so that's when Undertaker like attacked him. Um. So so you know, to me, it's kind of funny. I'm like, oh, like you know, we never we never found out what was in that lockbox. Maybe Shane <laughs> is the one that uh, released this info. Okay. Okay. Um. But. You know, you take that out of the equation. It's like, well, who had the most to gain? And uh, I think you got to look at Stephanie and Triple H. Not Nick Khan? Um, possibly Nick Khan, but I don't think so. Because I'm like, Nick Khan, Nick Khan gains either way. Well, we never there. So, like, the past two or three years? Yeah. You know, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Pretty much uh, like during the pandemic, around that time, like his name started coming, you know, through the dirt sheets. Yeah, which I think that's when he was brought in, though. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's not a long-time guy there. Okay. Because um, prior to WWE, he was working for, I want to say, Endeavor. Okay. Um, or something like that. But Nick Khan, his whole thing is buying and selling companies. Correct. Right. Um, so, like, so yeah, yes. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's that's what you bring a guy like him in to do. Yep. Um, and he is funny because I'm like, as we're talking about it, he 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 benefits either way. Because um, it seems like if the the fear was that Vince McMahon being around was a problem yep. for selling the company. Well, then, you know, yeah, you get Vince out of there so you can sell the company, and so Nick Khan benefits. Yeah, especially, if, say, if Vince does get his $9 billion, he gets a certain percentage of that $9 Right, right. And that's why I say I'm like, Nick Khan benefits either way, because I'm like, if Vince comes back and they sell it for the $9 billion, Nick Khan, yep. he's going to get his percentage of that. Yep. Um, and it's something ridiculous, too. Like, I, I forget what it was, but... I remember seeing the numbers at that point and being like, wow, like, and this is what this guy does. So he's done this before. And yep. like, you know, because it was like life changing money. Like, yep. for, for this, and I'm like, wow, this guy, like, he's done this a few times. Like, how, how rich is this guy? Yeah, but same thing with Stephanie and Triple H. They get a chunk of that percentage too. So obviously, they, if they, if it, so for that, they wouldn't be too disappointed. No, they wouldn't be too disappointed either. So that's probably uh, like, I don't know if they could like be like ones to set them up because like in the end they still make out like bandits as well. That's true. It's a it's a funny situation and because I'm like everybody wins like wins. no matter yeah, exactly. what. Exactly. Um, but I guess it depends to what level and what do you want they to all, win. Like they all walk away with nice severance packages for sure. Um, but I, I guess the question becomes like like let's say you're uh, let's let's start with uh, Stephanie. Okay. Because I, I think she was the most immediately impacted by Vince's return. Okay. Because um, she was the CEO. Um, and then Vince came back and she had to resign and Vince took over. So using her as the example, uh, yeah. or I should say starting with her as the example, financially, yeah. she wins either way. Okay. But yeah. from a, uh, I don't know, work standpoint like she lost her job with Vince coming back well I mean she stepped down yeah but that's it's not like she was cool. fired no she wasn't fired like she she peacefully stepped down yeah but 
I, I feel like that that's a you know that, that's a peaceful stepping down like because there's a gun to your like back you know that no one else sees you know what I mean like <laughs> <laughs> okay okay all right all right um okay so, so in that regards a lot of impact there and then uh, the other, you know, Triple H again financially. He, he's married into the family. He's, uh, you know, he's 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 set for life. Yeah. Um, you know, but with that being said, I'm like, yeah, he, you know, he had lost his creative position. Yeah. Period of time. Thankfully, yep. he, he, you know, and then when Vince was outed, Triple H was back in power and running things. And it seems like Triple H is still in power even with Vince back. But yeah. There's rumblings going on that there's some power struggles. Even now? Even now. Um, There's some rumblings, and and I've heard uh, different mixes of things. One thing I heard was that uh, Brock Lesnar said he will only work with Vince. Okay. Um, That's one thing I had heard. And then another thing I heard is that uh, Vince has always been very high up on Omos. Okay. Um, and Vince was the one that was like, "Yeah, we need to make sure he's featured at WrestleMania and uh, put him and Lesnar together." Yeah, I was like, "That's an odd pairing," because I thought it was supposed to be Lesnar and Bray. Yeah, you know, uh, which there's also rumor though that Lesnar shut that down. That Lesnar really? didn't want to work with Bray. Because you think you would think it'd be uh, was that we can't be Firehouse. Probably. Probably, which you know, yeah, that's not Lesnar's style. I mean, he does comedic stuff. He does comedic stuff, but he doesn't really do the like, I don't know, like spooky pre-taped stuff. Okay, but I mean, he's gone against Taker, though, right? Not in the spooky Taker. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he, but, I like you must say spooky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like he's not—he's not on the Netflix special with, with the Taker and New Day. And hysterical. Uh, well, all right, let's let's play uh, Imaginary Times and I hit. You think they had a good program? Um, if it went through for Mania, Lesnar and Wyatt. Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very confused actually with how I feel about Bray Wyatt. How so? <laughs> Because in my head, I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. Is he too spooky for you? <laughs> I, he might be like that. And that's where I get confused. I'm like, man, I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. I like Bray Wyatt. I like the Firefly Funhouse. But then, like, I'm like, but what do I like, really? I'm like, like, I did not enjoy his feud with L.A. Knight. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and I'm like, but and I like L.A. Knight a lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it makes me... Uh, makes me wonder has, like this Bray's return has he impressed you no and that's why I'm confused you know because I'm like I, I like this guy but I, I haven't really liked what he's done since he's come back okay um, and it's funny because I'm like I like the concept of the things that he's done like okay. in theory um, but just the execution um, so like and I don't like in ring stuff doesn't impress you. No, nah, I mean, well, so far all we've seen was the the one the one match in the dark. <laughs> like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The the Skittles match. No, what was it? Who sponsored uh, it? Mountain Dew. Mountain, Mountain Dew. Yeah. So 
so it's tough to tough to say that uh, how I feel about his in ring. We well, haven't really he, seen a lot. When he, the, when he had the family, um, what did you think of him? You know, when he had uh, uh, Brody and um, the other. The oh, other. Uh, yeah, Eric Wolman yeah, and uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah. No, yeah, and, and Strowman. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, Brody uh, was in it too. Yeah, Brody was in that. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, yeah, the three of them. Uh, yeah. People forget Stroman, Stroman floated around for a while, the beginning of his WWE career. That is true. Um, I don't know how many people remember Flo- Strowman. The first time we saw him on WWE TV, he was actually uh, one of the um, the dancers for uh, what was it? Adam Rose. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. For okay. for a few weeks, uh, Strowman was one of those dancers. Okay. But uh, what did you think of the Bray Wyatt family? Yeah, I liked that. Okay. Um, I was a big fan of. Uh, I, I keep wanting to call him Cape Fear Bray Wyatt, but uh, was it Cape Fear? Was that the yep. movie? Yeah, yeah. with uh, De Niro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was a big fan of the Cape Fear version of Bray Wyatt. Um, but I, I have not really... Yeah, you know what? I am not a fan of The Fiend. I I, I can officially say that. Okay. Is it is it, cause is it too campy? Or is the, the uh... storylines not really told cohesively? Yeah, I think the storylines aren't told cohesively, and yeah. uh, like I did. It's funny because I'm thinking back to like when the fiend first became a thing, and I liked the idea, um, and I liked the idea of like, oh, if you're if you wrestle him, you change. Um, you know, when he wrestled a babyface, that babyface would turn heel. When he wrestled a heel, that heel would turn babyface. Like that was I a never, cool concept. Never noticed that. Yeah, yep, that, that was the deal. Um, that's what set Seth Rollins on this crazy path that he's been on. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, with that being said, like, so the concept is cool, but I, I feel like they just, you know, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, this is cool, but then you've got to, like, you've got to really have, like, long-term plans when you're trying to do stuff like that. Um, okay, but I th- I think you know some stuff kind of just got thrown against the wall, and it, it just it, like you said, it's not cohesive enough. Okay, yeah, like with this whole Uncle Howdy thing, like is this even moving the needle? Or like, <laughs> I don't think it is. And uh, what's tough there is, um, I think it's been too long of it. Like Bray Wyatt's been back for a while, and like we're still questioning, like who is Uncle Howdy? What is their relationship? And so it's like, yeah, I think I think you need a little bit more stuff put together there. And I, I think it's like, oh, you got to think of it like a movie. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be like a well put together movie. So do you feel like with Bray, like his programs need to be at least the whole year to have them thoroughly fleshed out from beginning to end? It feels like that, but I think that's too long. Yeah, it's not possible in today's... Um... Well, could you have done it Probably not during the Attitude Era or even the Ruthless Aggression Era, but do you think you could have done this during the whole campy early 90s WWF or I doubt, or maybe 80s WWF? Um, long-term like, storytelling, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know if the gimmick would have worked. Right, but, but I'm saying like long time, but like, yeah, would the duration of the time work in earlier generation? 
Yeah, because um, you have less TV. Yeah, but don't you need TV to tell the story to the audience? Yeah, but when you have less of it, you can you can take your time with it. Okay, so like oh, there's only four pay per views. Well, now so, can you, can you still tell this during house shows then? No, because no, okay. you know no one knows what's going on during house shows. Well, then yeah. So how has he done it with less TV in other decades? Well, because there was less TV, you could you could take your time with it because it would be like oh, you got three months to build to the next pay per view. Um, whereas now it's like you've got one month to build to the next pay per view. Oh, okay. I got you now. So you're saying the pay-per-view situation poses more of an issue? Yeah, the pay-per-view situation and the uh, and even the TV situation because it's like, you know, so back then you had your superstars on Saturday, which would really just be like, you know, you'd get maybe a vignette for somebody, maybe a promo or a job match. Okay. Um, and then you know you had uh, prime time was the the I think was that on Monday nights back then. I can't remember. But do you think? Yeah, I don't. Do you think it would work better too with uh, yesteryear's audience compared to now's uh, today's audience? Possibly. Um, okay. It's funny. I'm like yesterday's audience was more patient. Yep. But I feel like today's audience is more into Easter eggs and like that sort of thing. What do you mean? Um, like, I feel like today's audience, and when I say today's audience, and as we're talking, I'm thinking, really, I'm like, oh, it's like the AEW audience, really. Like, okay. they like those small little details and, like, finding things and being like, oh, like, you see here, like, six months ago, like, he spit his gum on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah, they why, like the... Like... <laughs> well, that means, yeah, so that's saying, like, they like the long tour, long-term story, long-term booking. Yeah, yeah, but again, though, as we're talking, I'm like, that's the AEW audience, though. That that's really like, okay, into okay. that. I feel like, okay, you know, and and that's the audience that like, like one thing I've realized uh, over the past however long now, a yep. big part of why I don't understand a lot of AEW stuff, uh huh, is because I don't watch Being the Elite. Okay, why well, a lot of the storylines come off of that show. Yeah, like they I use think, that. But to... it's mostly there's mostly fun little uh, gimmicks that they do in the bag. It's not like, oh, we're gonna start a new storyline from, so, you know, this that this joking behind the scenes type of stuff. But they do, and that's what really? like yes. Oh okay. Um, and so like their their hardcore fan base, which you know I guess really you would say there's about two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand of a hardcore fan base that watches all of their program, including being the elite. Okay. Um, that fan base eats it up because yeah, like you, you get those Easter eggs and things like they you know they treat it like the Marvel universe. Ah. Um, okay. And it's like yeah, you got to watch it all to like really understand what's happening. Okay. Um, okay. So what on Dynamite might look like a random match, you find out, well, no, actually, these two pass each other in the hallway without saying hi. And like, uh, you know, like <laughs> Well, I mean, that's not too bad. I mean, it helps establish new storylines. Yeah, but the problem for me is that yeah. there's so much content. Like, yeah. I don't want to watch all that content. Yeah. Um, actually, very similar to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was reading about uh, Ant Man and Kang. Um, yeah. You know that new movie. Yeah. And they're saying like, oh, you've got to like watch like this TV show to like 
see like this thing and like oh they reference <laughs> this other TV show and then like this other movie like you know. But thankfully now though with YouTube you don't have to do that. They were some people just point it out for you so you can just go <laughs> into the movie knowing the fact. That's also a plus. But okay, I feel you. I feel you. I was gonna say. I mean, they they sort of have that with the WWE universe to some extent. Go on. I mean, like certain you know uh, matches from certain times of like you know pay per views have like a callback to other pay per views of yesteryear. For sure, for sure. Um, but I feel like it's not as prevalent in WWE. True, uh, because I guess because they have more uh, a longer history, so you, it's easy to know these type of things. That's that's very true, actually. Um, yeah. And what I find funny, um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, man, I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's a like, or what it is. But I'm like, man, I remember back in like the late '80s, early '90s, and watching wrestling, and like I could tell you like every wrestler's height, weight. Where they're from, like yep. the backstory, like I knew who the refs were. And yep. like now, like I'm like, I could barely tell you anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess it, is it is it due to you not being as much of a fan as you once were? And that's what I'm not sure of. Cause I'm like, I feel like no. I'm still a big fan. Slowly losing your love for the business. Maybe. Um, you know, I'm like, is it that? I'm like, oh, like, was it, when I was a kid, wasn't just so into it? I'm like, or like, have things just changed? Because technically, uh, when we were kids, there was less wrestling than there is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Maybe just, I don't know about that. Now it's oversaturated. There was a lot of saturation when we were kids. Well, we, we just named it as a pay per view now every month. Yeah, but when we and I, from a pay per view standpoint, yeah, pay per view is oversaturated <laughs> now, wasn't then? <laughs> But, but from a wrestling standpoint, I'm like, when we were kids, there was WWE, WCW, uh, Global Championship Wrestling was on the sports channel. Yeah, um, but the thing is, I can see wrestling now 24-7. Like, okay. if, it's, if there's not, like, a live show, I can just jump on YouTube or the okay. wrestling to my, my beckon. I got you. I got you. It's not like back then, like when I used to have to wake up at 5 a.m. on a Wednesday exactly. morning to record TVS. Or if, like, or if your parents didn't have cable, or if they did, like you only get a certain amount of channels for certain right. areas you live in. So, like, it was all by circumstance. That That's very true. Like, yeah, now it's like, it's like the, you know, it's at my beckon. I'd be like, if I want to wake uh, up wrestling, I can watch some wrestling. You're right, and it's funny uh, you say the circumstances because, like, as a kid, I didn't realize, like, oh, like different people have different cable television. Yep. Um, you know, so like I, I I hear now about like oh like wrestling in Florida, like you can watch Dusty Rhodes, like blah blah, yep. blah and I'm like oh interesting, like but that was only for people that had that cable, like you know, yep. like yeah, uh, different things, and like finding Even out then, so like... many people didn't have TBS. I was going to say, even before, like, the whole shoot interview craze, I remember, uh, like, um, what was it? In Canada, in Toronto, they have, uh, what's the cable provider? Something One. Uh, oh, TSN. Uh, yeah. Sports Network. Right. They would get, like, shoot interviews of, like, WWF um, wrestlers. That's sponsored true. By yeah. The company, like, it, it, it'd be, you know, stuff like that with, we couldn't get that. So, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny to think about just a different time period. Yep. Um, 
and just you know even just within the country different different uh cable packages different channels available yeah. uh, a yep. lot of people didn't have tbs back then nope uh, the- which is kind of funny and plus so. indie shows uh well before the pandemic were super prevalent and now they're getting back to regular prevalency as far as like you know uh you can see them anytime you you know would like on a Friday or Saturday, but before then, like it was like guaranteed that it'd be a wrestling show within at least twenty miles of your radius. That's true. Yeah, before the pandemic, um, and really before AEW. Like, so so we some people don't talk about how you know AEW has impacted wrestling. Um, it's negatively impacted the indies. Really? Yes. It brought back ROH. I mean, it also killed ROH. I mean, well, it can't kill something if it's still run, up and running now. But, but who owns it? AEW owns it. Right, but it's still Why do they own it? Because it went out of business. Oh, Why that's true. Why did it go out of business? Because AEW took all their top talent. That is true. That is true. But now, and that's, they rectified they rectify their error. Uh, debatable. <laughs> I was gonna say, have uh, you seen ROH since the, um, you know, uh, the, the the buying of it? Um, I I went to their first show. Okay. Um, and then they they just started their TV tapings last week. And how um, how's so, how's the show's been? I haven't watched, but uh, but but yeah, the so the funny thing with Ring of Honor because AEW bought it a year ago. Okay. Um, Without having like a, I think they had a plan, but they didn't have you know uh, uh, the means. If that makes sense. Yep. Like like I think the plan was like yeah they're gonna buy it and turn it into weekly TV and blah blah blah. But um, I don't think they knew how they were gonna get there, and I think that's why they just started the TV tapings last week, and it's just gonna it's all gonna be online on a Honor Club for ten dollars a month. Are you uh, getting that? No. Okay. Nah, I pay my $10 a month to the network. Yep. Um, and that gives me a lot of wrestling options to choose from. So I'm not going to pay another $10 a month to, to watch Ring of Honor. Um, especially what Ring of Honor is right now. And that's no disrespect to the talent that's at Ring of Honor. But yep, like, you get their, their tape library too, right? Um, I believe so, yes. So you can see like yesteryear's, you know, events. Very true, very true. Uh, but when I want to do that, I just call up Mark Moment and ask him to borrow something from his DVD collection because he has literally like every Ring of Honor show from like the first ten years of the company. Oh wow! Yeah, yep. Impressive. That is, uh, yes, Mark Moment. Uh, he's a he's a collector. Uh, I guess it's funny. Of just Ring of Honor of of multiple promotions. Uh, when it comes to DVDs, just Ring of Honor. Okay. Um, he's a ring, but he also collects wrestling figures. Okay. Um, and he's got quite the impressive wrestling figure collection. Okay. Um, and he's uh, he and I are actually we're going on a trip in May to New York um, to go to some wrestling figure toy store where he's going to spend four hundred dollars to uh, get Zeus and Rip. Oh, from uh, No Holds Bar. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, that's such a random toy for kids. Like, what kids are they gonna be like, what is the the whole science behind this? 
Well, I feel like it's probably just for collectors because, I mean, you look at the price tag, it's like, yeah, little kids aren't, aren't going to be buying those. Yeah, so that, that's those two figures cost 400 bucks? Yeah, man. Wow. There must be some like high grade quality plastic. <laughs> uh, he's got some expensive pieces in his collection. Um, he's got a $200 Kenny Omega. Okay. Um, he's got a in fact I'm thinking about. It, we should have him on here sometime just to talk about his wrestling figures. Yeah. Um, well, I know that big, world a little better. Isn't it? It's big with like certain wrestlers themselves too. Like, um, yeah, Zack Ryder. That was in um, Zack Ryder. Yeah, that's his whole deal. What's his name? His like new gimmick name? Oh, uh, Matt Cardona, which is his real yeah. name. Him and um, what was his tag partner's name? Kurt Myers. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Hawkins. They, they have like his a real podcast. name is Brian Myers. Yeah, they have a podcast I think like dedicated to um, big figures. Yeah. Yep. They do. Uh, Moment is a big fan of that. He uh, he listens to that, and uh, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you remember Quentin Michaels. Yep, the old manager. Yeah, yep. Yep. Uh, he is also, uh, he's a different type of collector at the moment. Like, Moment has, like, a wide, wide variety of figures. Okay. Um, Quentin Michaels collects, like, rare figures. Oh, okay. And so, like, uh, Quint, I, 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 if, I, I, if I understand correctly, Quentin Michaels has one of only three Linda McMahon figures. That's, like, in existence in the whole world. Oh wow! And uh, I think Zack Ryder like actually like called him like to ask him about like if he was willing to sell it. Oh wow! So uh, I think I still have um as a kid I think I still have like the old school um uh you know WWF uh wrestling uh toys at my parents' house I want to say like like the old school like Brutus and like Honky Tonk Man and Hogan and like even like the ring I think the ring actually made yeah. noise I want to say. Like had like yeah, little that sounds right. Matt sounds, but I'd be curious to know like what them things be going for because they help retirement. Right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you from my own experience with Moment because I've I've yeah. gone with Moment on a few of his. Uh, he calls them hunts. But <laughs> you know? um, I've gone with him, and uh, yeah, he buys those figures too. In fact, that's his his main thing he likes to collect because the retro. Uh, yeah, yep. Because uh, when he was a kid, like he had some of them, but he couldn't afford all of them. Yeah. So like now he's like, oh, like his whole deal is like he wants to have all of them. That you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, and I've seen true. those things go for from ten bucks to a hundred bucks. Like yeah, it's a dope. I think. Yeah. Sounds a little expensive, but dope nonetheless. Yeah, you know, well, it's funny moments. Um, it was, well, I was gonna say he's a collector. I'm like, oh, like he's got his DVD collection of yep. Ring of Honor DVDs. Yep. Which, uh, for the most part, he paid just regular price for them, but I know there were some that, like, they were rare. He had to fork out some some dollars. Okay. Um, he also collects the wrestle figures. Um, and, uh, you know, again, like I said, I know he's got a $200 Kenny Omega figure and uh, some other figures that are worth some money. And then, nice. Uh, also, he's into Legos. Oh, okay. Um, and I never realized how expensive Legos can be. Oh, really? What, what does... Yeah. Uh... What does a box usually go for? He was telling me about dropping a couple hundred on uh, some, some big box Lego uh, projects. Oof. Um, like, I think he did the Harry Potter or something or another. Okay, so I can yeah. see the themed ones probably be super expensive. Like, yeah, like that or like Star Wars or something like, you know, 
mainstream, um, you know, pop culture type of uh, Lego set. I feel you. I feel yeah. I guess because you know licensing and all that. Exactly. Stuff too. I was say like just like your regular like ones that you know kids just make random objects of like. You yeah, know, those, those are you know, cheap. Something crazy. Yeah, crazy expensive. But you never know. Yeah, I haven't yeah. touched a Lego in almost like thirty years. <laughs> I feel you. Same, same. <clears throat> But, but yeah, the moment he does, yeah, he doesn't just do the random like you know Legos like oh, I'm putting together a car like you know he's putting together like the Eiffel Tower like yeah, 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 yeah. I guess yeah that makes sense that makes sense so things like that yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting like we're in in wrestling we're in a we're in a, a weird continuing a weird space you know yeah yeah we are we are it's uh. You know, the world is in a weird space. You know, we're in 2023. Um, that's wild. Like, that's really wild to think about. Like, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, so, Well, yeah. on the cusp of potentially having, you know, no longer, you know, a, a McMahon run, uh, owned, you know, WWE uh, company. Uh, looks like AEW finally found, you know, their groove of things, even though it sounds like the murmurs of like MJF definitely not definitely, but potentially heading up to New York uh, in 2024 if the company's still with New York in 2024. War of 2024. Yeah, if it's you know, like I said, if it's not bought by some other entity. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I got to give MJF his props. Uh, I saw a picture of him the other day, looking amazing. Um, I don't want to speculate. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's eating pizza and cupcakes or is training with the Cowboys or. Uh... Oh, he's bigger now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he had an injury, correct? Um, I don't know how long ago. I feel like that was like last year. Oh okay, okay. Um, because yeah, he's been the you gotta figure he's been the AEW champ since uh, like November, I think. Yeah, but he's always been in shape though. Oh, he's always been a shape, but I'll, I'll find that picture and I'll send it to you. Okay. And you'll be like, yeah. oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, like yeah, a before. Dude, yeah, because dude is looking good. Okay. Um, okay. For sure. For sure. How is he um, as an in-ring guy? Like, is he like super technical? Is he super, uh, you know, agility? Like, what? what, what what's, what's his? Because everybody talks about his mic skills, but what's how's he in the ring? He doesn't wrestle. Hysterical. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he only wrestles like I, I, I'm not even kidding. I think he wrestled five times last year, if that. <laughs> wow. So he, well, at least he's you know not getting a lot of mileage on his body. Yeah. He. Uh, it, it's funny. I. Uh, uh, I was talking with Chris Blackheart Friday night, yeah. and, and it, it, it wasn't until this past Friday night that it really hit me. I'm like, oh man, like yeah, if you can just talk and not wrestle but yep. still get paid a lot like that's that that's there you go like you know um and it's funny because blackheart he uh for those that don't know chris blackheart he's a wrestling promoter here in new england um and he's a guy with years of experience and, and he, he's he said like a phrase to me that i had never heard before but like it, it just made everything in my head like click he was like i understand it's hard to tell a wrestler not to wrestle Yep. 
that's all he said and like i was like huh but then i but you know and he was telling it to me in the context of like that i did too much in my match yep and, and for me i'm like i'm giving you your money's worth like you know like yeah but but his point was like you know nah like that's not what he needed that's you know blah 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 and, and like it really and then when we were talking the other night about it and like i was like oh yeah i'm like how great is it like if you still get paid and you just go out there and cut a promo and like if you can still get reaction and everything else i'm like and save the bump for another time and that'll hopefully allow you to do it for a longer period of time um, so he, when he does have his five matches are they pleasing to, to watch um well, his uh, his dog collar match with CM Punk won match of the year last year. Really? So it got the yeah. uh, melted five star? I don't know that it was five stars, but it got match oh, of the year. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it was four point something stars. 4.5, 4.75. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that got match of the year. Um, and, and yeah, what I will say with MJF, from what I have seen of him wrestle, and I honestly have not seen a lot of his wrestling... Yeah, because uh, he doesn't wrestle a lot. Yeah, um, but but with that being said, I'm like I feel like he's got the tools that he can do pretty much anything and everything. Okay, but he only shows you a little bit, um, and it's mo- mostly he's grounding grounding you down with rest holds and things like that. Think like old school Randy Orton. Oh, okay, okay. That's uh, I feel like that's what MJF shows, but I've seen little flashes that tell me like oh yeah like this guy can probably do it all okay um but he's a he's a heel and and he's smarter than everybody like i'm really realizing that now like he is so smart um like he figured out young you know it's not worth it to do all the stupid bumping and stuff if you can talk and instead just talk your way into the promotion and save your big bumps for when they matter and people will be like i didn't know you could do that yep yep okay all right cool um uh trying to think uh what else is popping i think we already discussed uh you know the two storylines going into mania and now you see the new women's raw champ um I, I know we haven't seen this week's uh, Raw, SmackDowns uh, shows, but how do you think leading up to Mania is so far from what, what you've seen? Good. Um, I'm excited for Mania. Um, and uh, in contrast, you know, AEW, I, I bet you didn't even know this. AEW has a pay-per-view tonight. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Who was exactly. the pay-per-view? Uh, it's AEW Revolution. Okay. Um, main event is uh, the man we were just talking about, MJF, going yep. up against Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Iron Man match. Oh, nice. I haven't ha- seen those in a minute. No, no. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, I-, I bring up the AEW pay-per-view and just the fact that, like I said, you didn't know it. I bet most of you people listening didn't know it. Nope. Um, you know, and I, I didn't even realize it until yesterday um, because I was thinking to myself, I knew the MJF Danielson match was coming up soon, but I didn't know when. And I was like, oh, I'm like, it, 
I was trying to figure out when it would be, and that's why I looked at it. I was like, oh, it's tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I won't be ordering it um, because I just don't have enough interest. Um, okay. But, but with that being said, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, hey, you know, WWE, I feel like they are firing on all cylinders right now. And everybody's looking forward to WrestleMania. Everybody knows what's going on. Like, yeah. <clears throat> um, so, so, yeah, I think they're doing a great job with their build to Mania. I mean, the, uh, obviously, the you know, everybody's digging the bloodline. Do you think they're not handling Coley's situation as more like as an afterthought? <clears throat> I mean, they not did not. have. <clears throat> okay. They're handling Cody very well. It's a fine line, you know, because you don't want you don't want Cody to get booed because people want Sammy, right? Um, and I think they're handling it very well, um, especially okay. keeping Cody on Raw. Yeah, um, you know, so that way there's no direct interactions. Okay. And then, uh, I, I think the stuff him and Heyman have been doing has been great. Okay. Okay. Um. The only weird buildup I'm seeing, we discussed this earlier though, was the whole Brock and uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Do, do you think that would be a potential bathroom match? Potentially, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be fast, um, okay. and I think I think it won't yeah. be any different than uh, Lashley and almost last year. Well, to say that or almost and um, Braun. Yeah, yeah. Also, Braun was surprisingly good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think it'll be? But it was a, it was like a seven minute match, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's well, what you got to do. Easy. Like, I, I expect this to be even shorter. I expect this to be four minutes. You're all right. I got you. I got you. And uh, the the curiosity is, will Lesnar get him up in the F five, or even trying to get him on Suplex City? Yeah, right. Could you imagine? Do you see, yeah. Do you see almost second Germans? Oh man, I don't see it, but maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a broken neck. He's so tall. You told me that Kevin Nash has been working with him, so maybe you know he can you know do something with him for leading up to Mania, as far as like making him show out. Maybe. And then obviously Brock would be the the ring general. He'd be calling the shots in the ring. Absolutely. If they, out, if they haven't memorized like before before time, but yeah. If there's any audibles, I think Brock would have handled the situation. Definitely. Um, you know, so yeah, MVP so that would be... be there too. Yeah, yeah, MVP will be there too. So it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I expect that match to go four minutes. Yep. No more, no less. Nope. Um, and yeah, I expect Brock to win. But do you think it'll be a dominant squash by Brock or two minutes on both ends? They they they're they licking and then we going home. Yeah, I, I say uh, probably two minutes on both ends. Yep. Maybe uh maybe you see like a minute and a half of Brock, minute yep. and a half of almost, and then like yep. Brock comes back with like the the finish, you know. And then and maybe like thirty seconds of MVP interference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, probably. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think what what else is on the card. Got L.A. Knight is feuding with. Who's he feuding with? I don't think he's feuding with anybody right now. I feel like um, he is. Like, the whole Bray situation. He's like, get me out of this, and jumped with some onto someone else. He, uh, I know, on SmackDown this past Friday, he was in a. 
five-man or a six-man match to determine the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. Okay. But, uh, I don't know who won. Okay. It was okay. such a random, like, I'm trying to remember who all was in it. It was like Drew McIntyre, um, Karrion Cross, uh, L.A. Knight. Look at man Karrion. What about him? What's up with him? Um, I don't know right now. I feel like he's kind of in a well. He's still he's still feuding with Rey Mysterio, so uh, he's still got that going. But like, on. I feel like they're you you pump you you hyped him up like when he came back for like like this like <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be the guy. It's it's sort of been you know sort of been lackluster. I I, I hate to agree, but I have to agree. Um, <laughs> And he's not even in good shape right now. I don't. I, I don't know what happened. What's up? I thought that's his. His always. His always. Always shape. Yeah. He. Uh, right now, he's not in great shape. He. Um, I thought he's yeah. always looked like that. Nah. He. Uh, he. Uh, usually, you know, he's. He's never been like shredded. Okay. But uh, usually, he's got like an outline of like you know some abs. Okay. And right now, there are no abs at all. Um, so he, he's, he's on his off-season? Yeah, he's on his off-season right now. And uh, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, it's part of a master plan, you know, where they're telling some kind of long-term story. Yeah, but you don't have to look to, to be, you know, to, you know, look the character. It, it helps. <laughs> I think it helps. Um, it, it slowly turned into an Vince McMahon guy, all about the, all, <laughs> all about the bodies. It, I think it makes a difference in presentation. Nah, not really. Yeah, really. Look at look at look at Sammy. Look at Sammy. Yeah, he's you know about the he's about the headline of WrestleMania. No, he's not. One of the days. No, he's not. Uh, well, day one is obviously Cody and Roman. Then what's day two going to be? Well, day two is Cody and Roman. They're saying that that's right, probably so, what's going to close out. But right, uh, so day, day one, one, day one probably, probably going to be Charlotte and Rhea. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, to you know, uh, equal uh, equal men and women as yes. far as headline. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I can see that. That's what I'm like, Sammy is not headline in WrestleMania. Right, well, he headlined the EC then the elimination. He team. did headline the EC in Montreal. Yes, uh, I will give him that. But like, that's it. <laughs> if that if that wasn't in Montreal, I don't know that he would have headlined. Well, I didn't see. I, I didn't see uh, who's in shape uh, headlining it. Um, you know who, who headlined it with him? Who's in amazing shape? The tribal oh, chief, he- the head of the table. The Romans always look like that, though. Yeah, and he's always been pushed. Yeah, but he's not like <laughs> shredded, shredded. No, he's not shredded, shredded. But he looks great. No, he's not the ravishing one. Definitely not the ravishing one. But but he looks great. He doesn't look flabby or like anything like that. True. Like he, he's just solid. You know, solid Samoan. He's he's got that true. solid Samoan build. True. True. Brock Lesnar. He was pushed heavily. He not, didn't have abs. Sometimes he did. <laughs> sometimes he did. <laughs> but sometimes he did. You know, <laughs> when he first came in, he did. 
Yeah, this was like 20 years ago. Yeah, but I'm just saying, he, that set the precedent. That set the tone. Yeah, but this is during, like I said, this is during Vince McMahon. That's what I'm saying. You slowly turn into but, Vince. But here's the thing. like, And I actually, I noticed this when they were showing up. A, a package on Brock uh, okay. at the last pay-per-view. I'm like, a lot of this footage is from yesteryear. Oh, okay. You know, but but it's because he looked great. So he doesn't have the tattoo? Uh, he, he he had the tattoo. Which tattoo? He had the, I think he had the back tattoo, but not the front no, tattoo. No, the fourth one. The, uh, yeah, yeah. He like, I think they showed, you know, they were showing the footage where he had the back tattoo, but he didn't have the front tattoo yet. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. But, uh, all right. Um, but yeah, Mania. Uh, and like you said, AEW's on a pay-per-view that no one will probably see, unfortunately, due to the, the surprise of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, which, uh, I mean, if a pay-per-view happens and no one sees it, did it, did it actually happen? Yeah. Uh, so I've slowly been, I, not slowly, but I, I've watched a couple of uh, Impact episodes Okay. Not, not episodes per se. They're more like recaps because I guess you have to be a member to actually watch the live yep, um, yep. episodes. So they've been like recaps of their their shows and matches. And a lot of faces I'm seeing are from uh, WWE and AEW. Go on. So uh, you remember the tag team, the, the Ascension? Yeah. The big dude. He's an Impact. Um, Connor. Yes. Okay. Also, they have uh, Sammy. Uh, was it Cal? Uh, Sammy Callahan. Callahan, he's in it. Oh, um, has he been doing stuff? Like I said, I've just been watching matches. So it was basically him and like some uh, the group, some group stable situation. Uh, All right. The other guy from the Dark Order, the smaller. Well, oh, um, Stu Grayson. Yes, he's in Impact. Interesting. Uh, okay. Obviously, you got Moose. Uh, you got Rich Swan. Moose. Uh, Moose. You got Moose. You got. Um, I don't like to say uh, Bully Bubba. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got your man uh, Eddie Edwards. He's still with the crew. Okay, okay. <laughs> Die hard, man. He, he he can't kill him. Uh, you got uh uh um uh, uh, I just saw them too. Um, the alumni from T- TNA. Uh, you say the alumni from TNA? Yeah, like the the crews that the X the X division. <clears throat> I'm like there were so many. Oh, uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Yes. Motor City. Burr, burr. Yeah, the match is pretty good. Um, but I can't. I don't know the storylines because I'm just seeing matches, recap matches. <laughs> <laughs> I got like make them up in my head. <clears throat> That's really funny. So they recap the matches, but don't tell you the storyline that's surrounding it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, well, I'm not. Uh, I mean, they tell you why they're like, but it's not like I'm watching the storylines as they play out. I should say. I, I feel you. I, now I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I was imagining they were just like, oh, like Sammy Callahan <laughs> wrestled at Wrestle X and beat him. Blah blah blah. Wrestle so and so and beat him. <laughs> That'd be, That'd be right. Hilarious. Um, but yeah, like, but you know, I don't know if I'll ever become, uh, I should say never say never, but I don't know if I ever pay, like become a member to watch it live, but you never know. I feel you on that. that and that's where I'm at with it too. 
Um, it's funny, I'm like, oh, you mentioned a lot of good names um, and, and some things where I was like, oh, so that's where that person went. Yeah. Uh, like Stu Grayson. Um, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's been on the indies or just not wrestling. I'm like, I don't, you know. Yeah. Oh, also, um, I think I, I told you uh, that they had uh, Johnny Swinger going against Barry Horowitz. Uh, yeah. Popped up as well. So, you know, they got some. Yes, we talked about yeah. that oh, on last week's episode. Uh, Zicky Dice is uh, also uh, in TNA as well. I've heard as... that name, but I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he's um, like what he, he's he. A lot of his stuff you also have to probably see like on YouTube as well. Okay, like, okay. Like, you know, very vlogish type of you know performer as well. Interesting. And I think uh, uh he's in uh. ROH. I was gonna say I thought your your man for a minute, Mike Bennett, is in uh, TNA, but I think he's in ROH now. No, he's in ROH. Yeah, Kingdom. What did you ever? What do you think? What did you ever think of his work? Uh, Mike Bennett and uh, his wife. Uh, they both performers, obviously. Yeah, Bennett is an underrated talent, and I'm not just saying that because he's a local guy. Yep. Um, Bennett has all the tools I feel like to be a uh, I don't want to call him a top guy um, but I'm like he's got all the tools to be a, more than a mid carder um, I'm trying to think what you would call that because I'm like oh like I would put like the the equivalent of like an intercontinental title on him you know what I mean oh, what happened to him in WWE that he just sort of just fizzled out I don't know uh, that's so a great had question. The, had the look, had the had the the built-in valet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, I don't really remember recalling him cutting a lot of promos, though. No, I feel like his promos were okay. On the mic, okay. Yeah, like I don't remember his WWE promos, but I remember when he was in TNA before WWE. And he got um, busy. Uh, his promos were okay. Okay. Um, and that's what I'm like, yeah, like he had like a good gimmick over there, um, and it fit uh, him and his personality. But like there, there was nothing that like jumped off the page. Like like Eli Drake, you know, now LA Knight, like he jumped off the page for me with his promos. Yeah, because um, he was copying basically the Rock and Stone Cold. It ain't that hard? We got a blueprint in front of you. Just <laughs> but but here's the thing: that why doesn't everybody just do that? Because everybody wants to be original. I think LA Knight is original. Yeah. Not per se. Uh, it sounds like you're feeling froggy. And if you're feeling froggy, LA Knight will tell you to jump, man. If, so you're telling me there's no the mannerisms. There's no mannerisms of uh, the two most prominent attitude era guys. I mean, if there is, then that's smart. But you, you see, you don't see none of it. I see L A Knight. Yeah. So he's com- completely original. He's L A Knight. Yeah. Did the rock walk around going, yeah? No, but the Stone Cold okay. says, what? What? I, I, so what? I, obviously that, that's very different than, yeah. Why? They both one syllable? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, they're, they're two very different words, two very different meanings. What is a question? 
Yeah, okay. it's a statement of emphasis. All right, well, you better uh, get yourself a, a one-word syllable uh, catchphrase then, then you, you know what I'm saying? Then uh, you be right up there with them. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can pull it off like the big Kavorka. <laughs> you, you can be having, uh, you know, uh, Mountain Dew matches alongside. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? If that means I'm getting paid, then sign me up. Yeah. You have oh yeah, a whole dictionary of one word syllables. <laughs> oh man, you know what? That should be a gimmick. You should pick one a different word out of the dictionary each time and use that to attack your opponents with after you're done. <laughs> see, see my, my problem with that though my vernacular is spectacular so i need to use multi-syllable words baby yeah. i got you i got you, I got you. but uh yeah well mike ben um yeah hopefully yeah that's big things in our, our uh, ring of honor oh, i forgot yeah, to mention yeah. i forgot to mention uh rhino is an uh, impact alongside with um he he slater and he got kids yeah, I mean, I saw a surprise that he sort of fizzled out with WWE, but you know, like it is what it is. It is no more. There's only two man band uh, with them now. Yeah, well, he Slater didn't jump on the. Actually, I don't want to be accusatory. So what I will say is, he Slater did not improve his body like the other members of the band did. He got bigger. Slater. Yeah. Not looking like Jinder Mahal or Drew McIntyre though. Compared to when they were three man band, he did. Yes, but like, look at Drew 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 McIntyre or Jinder Mahal. Like they they I mean they got they got bigger ripped and like these guys no they're just taller than them. So I think that just makes it easy. Think that this you know sort of looks like they did. No, nah, I don't know. He Slater's got chubby cheeks. <laughs> what? What's that? Just saying, like you know, he does not have the type of body that Drew McIntyre or Jinder Mahal has. Yeah, he's not as tall as him. But I don't think it's just that he's not as tall as him. He's not as ripped either. I mean, especially Jinder Mahal when Jinder Mahal was the modern day Maharaja. I'll give you that, but Drew ain't Oof. ripped. Not right now, but when he came back, he was. He was. Uh, they first had him teaming with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Yeah, Drew was ripped at that time. Okay. He's coming out in black leather jeans, and uh, he had six pack abs. You, you, the thing with Drew, with Drew McIntyre is because he's hairy. You don't, you can't tell as well. Okay. But but yeah, when he first came back, he was pretty ripped. Okay. All right. So I'm like, so that's why I'm like, he Slater did not make the same kind of physical transformation uh, as those two to to come okay. back. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you never know. You never know. Like I said, it, that particular look, I think, like I said, has always been like a Vince thing. So if he doesn't have as much, if he, you know, if Triple H is running things more, maybe Triple H is like less on the whole aesthetic look and like let's just have, you know, quality guys. You know what I mean? I, I would think Triple H is probably big on both because, I mean, when Triple H was in his prime, Triple H looked like a bodybuilder. Right, but a lot of the guys that he's he behind doesn't really typically look like it. No, wasn't he like I, a wasn't he like wasn't he like a Keith Lee guy at one point? He was a Keith Lee guy. Yeah, Keith Lee. You know, I know he went through. He is limitless. 
Keith Lee wasn't like, you know, the in shape, you know, guy you would think he would be. Uh, when Keith Lee was at WWE, I mean, he was big. Right. But he was in shape. Like, he wasn't getting tired and stuff like that. No, but he uh, went through health issues. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't really put that on him 100%. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. And, like, I think uh, he caught the, 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 the OG COVID at one point. I think you are right. I, I do think you are right. Um, I don't know if you heard. I, I just saw, uh, I saw this last night, actually. Uh, uh-huh. I guess Keith Lee debuted a new gimmick on Rampage. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Um, where he comes out with like a cape and uh, he's the Phantom of the Opera or something like that. Hysterical, for real? That's that's what I saw. I don't know if it's true, but like I saw I saw the picture and he had a purple cape and stuff. So I was like, that's kind of wild. <laughs> it, but there has to be a reason behind that. Like that just seems very random. Yeah, agreed. So I don't, you know, and so I don't know what the actual deal is. I just saw, you know, it was kind of like a meme. Um, but I'm like, the, the picture was legit. I, I assume, unless you know, I, it's so funny these days, man. Like what they can do with technology. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so that's because I'm like, I believe the picture was legit. But I'm like, I don't know. I guess like they could have superimposed a, a cape on him like really well. Well, maybe they're trying to do like a whole Victorian gimmick with him. He, you know, when he cuts promo, it's very, yeah, very Shakespearean. That is true. So maybe that is what they're going for. Um, who knows? Who knows? I uh, I miss NXT. Uh, what do you mean? Still going on? <laughs> yes, it is, but it's not what it was. I, I miss when you had Keith Lee and Adam Cole, baby. It's just as good, and it's just as good. It's just you have to see it, see it in pockets. <laughs> so, so you're saying those pockets are good, but not overall. Well, I mean, if you don't forget, they're, they're still new jacks. They're still newbies. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you're not gonna get seasoned vets. And that's that's what I miss though, because it used to be some seasoned vets in there, some seasoned indie guys. You had Timothy Thatcher. Um, you know, you had the Undisputed Era. You had um, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, you know, you had a lot of you know just a lot of those cats coming through. Right. So how you gonna build? How you gonna grow a new crop of performers if you have the vets always on top of things? Um. Well, I guess that becomes a philosophical argument of do you let it happen naturally on the indies and you pluck them from the indies uh-huh. to into your uh-huh. product. Or do you do you build from the ground up like what WWE is trying to do? Right, and they said they, they weren't trying to do any more plucking. That's why you have a very young crop of uh, you know uh, guys and gals, you know, on NXT. Yes, you know, and and I understand the uh, I understand both mentalities because uh, you know WWE they like the idea of building from the ground up because now you don't yep. have any bad habits, any right. bad mistakes that you got to correct. Right. They know they know what the hard cam is. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, right from the get-go. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I think there's something to be said for the, the talent that comes through the indies and has that experience of working in front of crowds and things like that. Yep. And but we're really... In new, we're in a new day, no pun intended, but like... It's a new you know, day, yes it is. 
the the days of plucking from OVW and FCW, you know, that's, that's not that's no more. No, um, and that's a shame because really, um, it, like, no. I, it is. How so? I'll, I'll tell you the ultimate solution. The ultimate solution would have been for WWE to to bankroll like a, a few different wrestling schools throughout the country. But like, let them run their way, and just put in like someone to make sure like things are being run properly. Okay. Because then you would have like a, a wide variety of talent coming up, knowing like the proper way to do things, and it would be impactful all over the world. Okay. Like, uh, think okay. about this. Think if WWE had a developmental in like. New England, like not even a developmental, just just they, they just put a guy like you know at 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 a, at a school, like so okay. it's like we'll just use Chaotic as the example because I think it's the biggest school in New England, okay, um, and the most prominent. So let's just say WWE just sent you know Norman Smiley to, to Chaotic. Actually, okay. no, A Train I think would make more sense, uh, Matt okay. Bloom, because okay. he's from New England originally. Um, so yeah, let's just say they sent him there, and he's just there to like. They, they, they give some money to make sure the school has like the appropriate rings and you know clean and like equipment um, and like the school runs the exact same way but like you've got A-Train there just kind of like giving a helping hand and like explaining WWE stuff where is and he from like, in New England? Um, Boston somewhere I feel like maybe I never Hampshire. did I yeah. never okay. he's a Kowalski guy Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. I was I was just Triple H, Perry Saturn. I mean, obviously yourself, Edwards. Like I know he was uh, part of the crew. Yeah, he's a Kowalski guy. I definitely trained with him a couple times. Really? How was how was that? Uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, he was very friendly. I, I understand why he's got the position that he has at, at the uh, performance center. Okay. I'm uh, yeah, because he came to Kowalski's a couple times and was uh, very friendly, helpful with training. Okay. Um, Frankie Kazarian, also Kowalski guy, he came through. Really? A couple times, yeah. Um, oh, wow. Cronus, uh, R.I.P. Cronus, but he's a Kowalski oh, yeah. guy. Hey, this, that makes sense with, you know, yep. Perry's dad, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, trying to think who else came through uh, when I was there that's like oh yeah uh, oh Christopher Nowinski um, he came through uh, yeah I feel like that's about it for big names that I remember stopping through when I was there okay um, but uh, but yeah so let's just say you insert down in, in, at Chaotic um, you send Norman Smiley to uh, we'll just say Mosser Factory for the heck of yep. it yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, send somebody over to OVW. Um, actually, I wouldn't even send anybody to OVW. I'm like, Al Snow was running things there. He knows how the WWE system works. Yeah, but uh, instead of having all these different areas, why not just consolidate under one roof? And you can still bring in those same guys instead of having to have one go to this part of the country, the other this part of the country. You know what I mean? <clears throat> because now you're spreading that knowledge. Yeah, but you can still bring them in. It's not like 
the building can't be like, oh, only two people can be here. <laughs> no, no, but 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 what I'm saying is like, because because right now all those people are in just the one building, right? And, and so only you know the however many people that are trading there are getting that knowledge, right? But instead, if it was sprinkled throughout the country, now you know you're spreading that knowledge to to hundreds of people. Yeah, but um, then the the batch of you, you the the ones that are under that single building are, are there because they were the best of they feel instead of having to like weed out more people since you all spread out through the whole country you have them all solidified underneath that one roof that jury picked or or now you've got a lot of people to choose from if if you've got spread out throughout the country you know, now you can choose from the best talent, like really the best wrestling talent in the country, um, and you know, and now bring them, bring them to to NXT with already with some seasoning. Yeah, but if they're already the best, and then they already made their way to the performance center. But they're not already the best. They made their way to the performance center because they're good athletes. They're not because they're good wrestlers. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, that's what the the time, the day and age that we're in now is not about. You know, per se, wrestling is is you know who can perform the best. That's the name even today, on the marquee. Even... Says World Wrestling Entertainment. Exactly. What's the last word? What's the second word? What's the last word? It's always What's the, the last word. Matters. I never, I never uh, heard. Of it. It's always the last. It's always the last. First is the worst. Second is the best. Third is the one with the hairy chest. <laughs> yeah, but the last is the last is a solidified. That's why it's the last. Ah man. Yeah. <laughs> What's the all last right, word? Right. What's the last word? What's the last word? Federation. Yo, see now you <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you uh, win a debate. <laughs> if not for them pandas, it would be World Wrestling Federation. And right now we would be talking to you, be like, "What's that last word?" And I'd be like, "Federation." We can't do woulda couldas because we can't do that. That's not solidified. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, uh, real quick, I, I mentioned uh, when we first started uh, pound for pound, and that was uh, because in regards to there was an event last night with uh, yeah. John Bones Jones. Uh, yeah, who people might consider pound for pound? I don't know, do they do pound for pound rankings in UFC? I know obviously boxing they, they do. do. Yeah, so would you consider him pound for pound for pound uh, number one right now in the UFC? Um, after last night, I, yes. I think it would be hard to uh, hard press to go against that. Okay, okay. Um, you know, so uh, it's interesting actually because the UFC pound for pound rankings. Um, three years ago, when uh, John Jones left the light heavyweight division, he was the pound for pound number one. Okay. And then um, Khabib, when Khabib retired, they made Khabib the pound for pound number one. Okay. Um, and then after Khabib retired, because once you're retired, you can't be the pound for pound number one anymore. Right. Um, Alex Volkanovsky became the pound for pound number one. Uh, he is the 145 pound champion. Okay. Okay. And he's held on to that uh, even through his loss um, last month. So last month it was Alex Volkanovsky against Islam Makachev, who is the 155 pound champion. 
um, and only the 155 title was on the line. Okay. Um, Makachev won, but uh, it was by decision. It went five rounds. Uh, okay. The judge's decision. And okay. It was a very close fight. So they felt that, you know, in Volkanovski, he's still the uh, 145 pound champion. He didn't relinquish okay. his title. Um, so uh, they, they, Volkanovski was still ranked pound for pound number one. Like the committee, like afterwards, they were like, well, he's 10 pounds lighter and like still held his own in the fight. So pound for pound, he is still the number one guy. Uh, which was, uh, that was interesting. Um, but, it, but it made sense. Um, you know, because the fight was so close. I think if Makachev had like won the fight decisively, they would yep. probably would have made Makachev the pound for pound number one. But Makachev is number two in the pound for pound uh, conversation. Okay. Um, and John Jones wasn't even in the conversation because he hasn't fought in three years. Was Francis ever in the conversation? Uh, pound for pound, I don't. For some reason, I don't feel like he was. I feel like he was always ranked like three, four, five, like somewhere okay. there. And wasn't he the, uh, the current reigning heavyweight champ before he left the UFC? He was. That's very odd. What I think it is, is uh, Francis didn't have a lot of, like, respect for his fighting ability. Okay. Um, people felt like he's 265 pounds of solid muscle, and yep. he'll catch you with that right and put you to sleep. Okay. Um, but that, that doesn't, you know, and that's why when it comes to the pound-for-pound rankings, like, they, they take size almost out of the equation, you know, or like, or it favors you the smaller you are. Okay. Um, and that's why Volkanovsky kept his pound for pound number one, even though he lost his on Makachev, because they were like, well, Volkanovsky's 10 pounds lighter than Makachev, but like still held his own. Okay. Okay. All right. If you would, you would, would you put, if Francis was still there, that, low in the pound for pound rankings or would you move them like would, would you put them at number four or would you move them up to like a three or two um I'd keep him at like a number four just cause he hasn't okay. shown a lot of uh skill yet he hasn't had to but then you but then John uh, Jones is up there and like you say he hasn't been in the fight game for uh three years yeah but he came out and dominated in two minutes yeah right uh, based on the, his opponent so I'm just curious though like if you're not active but you still show a strong performance is that is that should that help you look should that help you propel you up in, in the rankings I think so okay um, okay like I, I think if last night if it went if last night went five rounds and it was a decision yeah Jones won then, yep. then nah like you know you're not a pound for pound best okay you know okay. Um, but the fact that he's been off three years, came in and dominated in two minutes. I'm like, yeah, like light heavyweight, he dominated. Now he's dominating at heavyweight. Like, it's hard to say he's not the pound for pound best because you could argue you put him in any weight class, he's probably going to win. His opponent, uh, I wasn't really too known of him. Gone. Yeah, how was he as an, well, like, was his opponent legit? Yeah, uh, okay. it, it's funny though because Jones, Jones said so. So everybody leading into this fight was saying Surreal Gon's probably the worst person for John Jones to fight. Like, okay. like he's gonna give John Jones the hardest time. Okay, uh, because he's probably the fastest heavyweight like in the division. Okay, and he's got nasty elbows and strikes. He's a kickboxer. Okay, um, you know, and he's only lost to Francis Ngannou. That's the only yep. guy that's been able to beat him. Yep. 
And uh, but Jones was saying the whole week leading into the fight, there Jones was like, "You guys gave me the easiest fight you could give me." And, and it's funny, Jones's perspective. Jones is like, "Yeah, he's the fastest heavyweight." He's like, "I fought light heavyweight guys that were a lot faster." Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's funny to think about, like, yeah, like Jones. Jones is used to fighting smaller, faster guys, so like, that's not uh, a disadvantage for him, really. Right. Right. Um, and Jones was the only one that that recognized that and saw that. Like Jones was like, "Yeah, he's fast compared to other heavyweights." It's like I fought fast light heavyweights, so they're faster. Right. Right. Um, and, and the big thing was surreal gone. So his only loss is to Francis Ngannou, um, and Francis Ngannou out wrestled surreal gone in that fight. Yep. And Francis Ngannou isn't known as a wrestler. Right. So John Jones, who's a two-time junior college wrestling champion, yep, I'm, I'm sure he was licking his chops. Like he was, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think uh, you know, so so UFC is not scripted. Um, you know, I don't want to uh, put that rumor out there, but I do think they they try to set things up like wrestling storylines. Okay. And so my personal my personal thought is that when Francis Ngannou left and they realized they weren't going to make that fight, that, you know, everybody was like, well, then you would naturally go to Stipe Miocic, who was the last guy to fight Ngannou. Yep. And, uh, but they didn't go with that. They instead went with Surreal Gan, who fought Ngannou before that. So both Miocic and Gan lost to Ngannou. Right. You know, so either way, like, Jones will be fighting somebody that lost to Ngannou. Right. But uh, I think you go with Gan because he's not as good as Miocic. Yep. And that way, you give John Jones, you know, Jones comes in, he gets the win. Um, I don't think anybody expected it to be as dominant as it was. So you don't, think this, think, you don't think this was a, a tune-up fight for him, for Jones? I, I think it was a type of tune-up fight. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's why I'm like, but I don't think anybody expected it to be, you know, two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I think most people expected a couple rounds. Yep. Um, but but yeah, you know, but I but I do think they purposely set it up so because uh, I mean they had it all laid out perfectly. Stipe was in the crowd last night, and so when the fight was over, you know, John John calls out Stipe. He's like, you know, I want Stipe next. Uh, I want to solidify my legacy. Um, and, you know, it was very easy for them to cut to Stipe because he was there. And yep. for Stipe to accept, you know, and be like, yeah, he's like, I'm ready. Like, I'll fight John Jones and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I think it's, like I said, it's not a work, but I do think it's set up kind of specifically. Like, yeah. Do you think if uh, Francis didn't leave and they had their super fight, you think. Uh, Based off of John's uh, performance last night, he would uh, got in the W or at least uh, pose the issue for Francis. I think John definitely would have got the W. Um, okay. Here's the thing, like, and this is a MMA math. Yep. Uh, you know, which isn't always accurate, but John Jones beats Real Gone in two minutes. It took Francis, I think, three rounds. Okay. Actually, now I got to see because I'm like, did that? Did Francis? I, I now that I'm thinking about it, that fight, might have might have been five rounds with Francis and uh, Surreal. Okay. Uh, now I'm looking it up on the Google machine. 
Um, but but yeah, I mean, I know that it definitely went at least two three rounds. Okay. Um, so by MMA math, John Jones was the better fight. Oh, okay, yeah, it went five rounds to decision. Okay. So I mean, it took Francis Ngannou five five minute rounds and the judges to to decide that he won. Okay. Whereas it took John Jones just two minutes. So that's why I'm like, yeah, MMA math, John Jones would beat Francis Ngannou. By striking or by submission? However he wants to. And that's the, okay. that's the crazy thing with John Jones. And that's but Francis why it's is, so hard to find. But it's, a, it's bigger than him, though. So compared to the, the gentleman he fought yesterday, which was the same size? Yeah, yeah. They were one pound difference. Right, and I imagine Francis probably got the strength advantage. I imagine so. Would he be able to toy with him as easily? Maybe not as easily, but I think he, he would have still. He said, um, "What's his face? Uh, Stojic um, lost against him as well." Yeah. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> Stipe and Francis are one Stipe, and one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Stipe Miocic. Um, they they are one and one. They fought each other twice. Right. Stipe won the first time. Francis won the second time. Right. So there's still a there's still a third fight to be had there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, when Francis won, Francis just caught Stipe with that right and knocked him out. And that's the uh, and that's the that's the thing with Francis. Like, you you can get slept quick. Yeah, because he has that raw strength. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. But, I mean, we were watching yesterday, um, leading up to uh, the fight, UFC does um, Embedded, which is uh, like the HBO 24-7. Yeah. Uh, so where they follow the fighters around. And, I mean, dude, John Jones flew in, like, four 300-pound guys like <laughs> uh, to, to train with. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was interesting. Like, you know, they showed, I mean, dude, like, these are just four, like, Thug looking dudes. They're all they're all UFC fighters. Yep. Um, but I mean, like, if you didn't know they were UFC fighters, you'd be like, "Who is this like gang like showing up?" Like, um, and uh, but I mean, his whole thing was he he needed to feel heavyweights, you know. Yep. Um, so that's why he flew them in, and I mean, I, I got to assume that he was throwing them around, you know. And, uh, and that's actually what he said. He had said, he was like, um, he was talking about Surreal God. He's like, I'm watching, you know, because again, they're, they're both on the show. So like, yep. you know, you're watching both of them practice. Yep. And he's like, Surreal God practices real pretty. He's like, you know, he's in there, he's throwing his strikes and he looks good. And he's in like a nice, you know, facility. Yep. Um, Don Jones is like, you know, we're here in the garage. He's like, yep. yeah, we're just working. He's like, you know, <laughs> and I mean, he was, I mean, you see Jones, like literally just grabbing like guy after guy and like wrapping his hands on him and like struggling to like try to take him down. Yep. But I'm like, I think that was the, the whole point because it's like, yeah, if you can do this with these 300 pound guys, then you'll be able to do this with a 250 pound guy. So you think with uh, Stipe, uh, he'd be able to take him out? Relatively with ease, since Stipe's a little older as well. And that's what's tough, because here's the thing. Stipe's a great wrestler. Yep. Um, and to quote my main man, Joey Diaz, um, he's like, Stipe's got that immigrant toughness. Hysterical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for that. I, uh, you know, um, Stipe came to the U.S. looking for opportunity. 
Um, he's a firefighter, um, and that's really his main job. Like, Stipe, Stipe is a part-time UFC fighter, which is crazy because he was the heavyweight champion at one time. Right. Um, but, but like, his main job has always been a firefighter, and that's always what's come first. Okay. Um, which, it's funny, John Jones talked about that last night uh, in the post-fight uh, post, post press conference. Yep. Jones was like, I hope Stipe plans to take some time off from the fire station, like leading into our fight. Was, Jones was like, this is all I do. He's like, this is yep. all I'm going to be focusing on up until July. He's like, yep. so Stipe better be doing the same thing or he's going to be in trouble. Yep. No, I got you. I got you. It's going to be uh, interesting. Um, you know how that plays out. It will be. Um, I don't expect it to. Well, I didn't expect this fight to be two minutes, um, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but I'm like, Stipe is definitely going to be a different story. Um, Stipe, you know, he's got wrestling experience and, uh, wrestling history. Like France doesn't even have wrestling. Yeah. Um, so I'm like surreal gone, you know, it's just, it's a whole different world. And it's funny because, uh, surreal gone, um, going into the fight, talked about how he's been practicing his wrestling because he knows John Jones is such a good wrestler. Yeah. Um, but it's one of them things. I was explaining it. Uh, you know, we had company over last night and everything. And I was explaining it to them after the fight. I'm like, yeah, it's one thing to practice wrestling. But it's another to try to practice to wrestle against John Jones. And who do you bring in that can that can, can simulate that, you know? Yep. yep. And, uh, and that's why I think, like, for Jones, you know, uh, he... For him, that he was he was just looking to bring in bodies, and he it was like, oh, if he can throw around three hundred pound guys, he'll feel okay throwing around two hundred fifty pound guy. Yep. Um, you know, but for surreal, I'm like, I think you've got to bring in somebody with a certain level of skill to to like be like, okay, this is what it feels like to to, to wrestle John Jones, and yep. it's just, I, I mean, he would have to bring in like a DC Daniel Cormier. Yep. Um, and I don't know what kind of shape he's in though. So like that—that's still not going to give you the same level. Like, because I'm like, oh, like you need like a DC, a Brock Lesnar, or you know, somebody that's like a, you know, they've got that kind of wrestling pedigree. Yep. But but those guys aren't in shape right now. You know. <laughs> yeah. So 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 it makes it tough. That's where it's like, yeah, who do you bring in to to be like, oh, this is what it feels like to wrestle against the John Jones, and there's there's almost nobody available I think that you could do that yeah yeah well uh, when will be the next um, time we see old Johnny July it okay. is, uh, it's official because he took no damage um, in his fight at all <laughs> okay uh, so they, they were able to make it official last night like nope no need to wait no need to you know July John Jones Stipe Miocic like it's happening okay. Okay, so that's uh, this is March. So you got April, May, so four months. Yeah, five yep. months? four months, I guess. Yeah, right. April, four May, months. June, July. Yeah, four months. Is that and enough? That sounds. Is that, is that enough for training camp? Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Actually, most training camps are about three months. Okay. And since uh, and, and the great thing at heavyweight, um, there's no weight cut. You know. Well, dep- I guess depending on how big of a person you are. Uh, so, okay. so the great thing for John Jones at heavyweight, there's no weight cut. Okay. Um, you know, if you're a Brock Lesnar or Francis Ngannou, yeah, you got to cut down to get to that 265 yep. weight limit. 
But John Jones, like, his whole thing was bulking up to 240. He came in at 248. So, so yeah, he didn't have to go through any kind of weight cut. Although he says for uh, July, he, he plans on coming in a little leaner. Okay. And, okay. Uh, which I found kind of interesting. I was like, interesting. I wonder if he felt a certain kind of way about his performance tonight. Or did he? Yeah, you know. Maybe he blew up too quickly. Maybe. I mean, he's, I don't know about too quickly because he took three years to do it. No, no, no. I'm talking about like blew up, like Warrior blew up. Oh, like, in the ring, yeah. in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, and maybe, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll never know because he finished it in the two minutes. But yeah, maybe he felt like yeah, if he didn't finish it there, like he didn't know what, you know. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, he's ultimately still getting used to, to this body. Like it's a new body for him. Yeah. I wonder if he'll have a situation with, similar with uh, Roy Jones when he went up to heavyweight and then went back down to light heavyweight and dropped the, all that muscle weight. He lost his, you know, athleticism that he he once had. Yeah, like, I wonder uh, if John, if same thing would happen with him. That's a good question. Um, oh, if he would do a smart, if he did decide to cut down to another weight class, if he, if he would do it more smartly where he didn't lose. Like, Roy lost a lot of muscle. He did. He did. Uh, yeah, I think Jones. I think Jones right now is in it for the long, long run at heavyweight. Yeah, and I think it took him so much time to put on that weight, and I can say from my own battles of putting on weight myself and looking at his frame, his frame is very similar to mine. Um, okay, he's taller than me by about four inches. Okay, but uh, we have a very similar build, and I'm like, yeah, I think it took him a lot of work to to, to get up to the size. He's not going to try to try to go back down. Okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, All right. Well, we're, we're somewhat past that mark. So I was going to say, what is on today's water jug? Today's water jug is wake up and do the thing. Very direct. Right. You know, and that's, uh, I needed that. I, I put that message on there last night because when I was going to bed at about one uh, thirty uh, or so, <laughs> I was like, oh man, like the, not looking forward to the morning um, but I knew I was like you know what there, there's nothing to it but to do it um, and let that be a message for all of you out there listening like yeah you don't want to wake up after a late night but you got things to do you got to wake up and do the thing um, and if you do that daily and consistently you will build up a uh, level of confidence in yourself and you know because you, you're keeping promises to yourself and that's very important there you go. There you go. Uh, I guess on that, real quick uh, before you, uh, we sign off, uh, do you watch that Power Slap stuff? Um, I've, watched I've watched clips. I've watched clips. Because I'm saying to myself, if people are trying to like not have the whole concussion CTE, isn't that somewhat like counterproductive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand it myself. Um, <laughs> I've heard Dana White try to defend it. He's like, ah, they're open hand slaps. Like, we're not punching people. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> I mean, people are getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the brain is rattling. Right. Um, and I think, so I feel like that's a little bit of PR work on his part. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it's funny because we, even still to this day, we don't know a lot about concussion. Like we we we're, we're, we know a lot more than we used to, right? 
But like, I, I think even like Dana White to be like, oh, like they're open hand slaps. We're not punching people. And probably a lot of people were like, oh, okay. Like, you know. <laughs> and plus, the, the, you still, you, your palm is still like heavy handed too. Like you're not getting yeah. all fingers on the face. You're getting probably some palm too. Oh, definitely getting a lot of palms. But I mean, that's how these guys are getting knocked out. Like, because it's just, pow. Yeah, like, you know. Don't have like, yeah, these, these aren't scoff hands. Like, <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, and so, so yeah, I, I'm pretty shocked that, that this is a thing <laughs> these days. Yeah, like the commission signed off on it. So crazy right. when you think about it. But, but I, yeah. I wonder if uh, if there's even a commission that oversees it. Because I'm like, is it technically a sport? <laughs> I don't know. But like it says, part of the, the UFC. So it's, it's, yeah, it's not part of the UFC. But but it's not like, it's not part of USADA. But like these guys aren't getting tested like USADA test. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, are there weight classes? I don't even know. <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't feel like there are. Like, I, that's why I'm like, I don't think there's a commission overseeing it. Like, maybe that's why Dana White like was happy to jump on board. He's like, wait, I can just like do this thing, and there's no one I got to pay money to or like oversee it. Like, um, bless everybody's hot that is, is involved with it because like whew, they even have like something similar with like you know how they had the Ultimate Fighter, like they have the yeah, same yeah. thing, the, the power slap crew, so people stay in a nice. A, uh, a house and yeah yeah Which I didn't watch have you watched it no only clips because uh, okay. they on the UFC's channel they have you know like little like clips of it yeah yep yeah I've seen some of the clips and uh, it's funny because uh, Chael Sonnen who I'm a big fan of former UFC fighter oh, he's hilarious uh, he, he is and uh, he he talked about it and I was surprised because what he was saying was uh, he tuned into the first episode because he was like, this might be interesting and we're going to learn the background of some people and who knows, maybe there's a doctor or a lawyer that's doing this and it'll be... Right. And he was like, no. He's like, not only are there no doctors and lawyers, but they go out of their way to tell you like what level of society these people are coming from. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's like, well, it's interesting. Well, it's just funny because like, I didn't think it would be commercial in the state. Like, I remember seeing... Over, I think in Russia they had it. Well, I see like yeah. clips of like like these big three hundred pound dudes like concussing everybody. Looks like and then like now mm-hmm. it's like commercialized. But the UFC is sort of hilarious. Well, I don't know if you remember that first Logan Paul fight. Um, Not really. It was uh, it was actually funny. Two names that we already mentioned on this podcast: Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Oh, okay. Um, it was when they fought. Okay. Um, and um, they they had a power slap fight on that show. Okay. Uh, this is before UFC was involved. Okay. Um, and uh, it was interesting because they had Ric Flair and Pete Davidson hosting it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like Pete Davidson like was there. He's like, "What is going on?" And then like Ric Flair shows up, like, "Whoa, we got some slapping going on!" Like, you know. <laughs> Man, and, uh, yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> I'd be curious to see if this didn't even last. I'd give it two years. I'd be shocked what if it even last that long. I think there'll always be like little, like underground type of situations that you'll you know pop up on a YouTube feed, but like commercialized, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think it has long legs. 
No. Um, number one, I, I think once you get past the initial curiosity, people aren't even going to want to watch it. Like, if you bored, you want to see some. You bored, you want to see some huge slaps. <laughs> I guess so. Because I'm like, my thing is, I'm like, it's not like, oh, like, you know, you get to see like, oh, he's defending against the slap and he's got this strategy or that strategy. I mean, it's just a guy standing there getting slapped. Exactly. Who has a stronger chin? Yeah. You know, um, how many times can you really watch that? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, I'm like, unless unless they do things to make it interesting, like, oh, this now they're going to slap inside a ring of fire. Like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, and, man. But you know what the real shame is? The real shame is that Rick James is not alive because he might be the slap champion. <laughs> uh, and on that note, if you want to take us out, uh, it's a, a nice Sunday uh, morning. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, like we always do. Y'all could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here, you're listening to us. And for that, we appreciate you. We love you. We thank you. You could be, uh, no, I already said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we thank you for listening to us this uh, beautiful Sunday morning. Um, it's a little overcast over here, but it's not snowing, so I'll take it. Um, and yeah, uh, y'all are here every week, every month, every day, every year. And uh, we are here for you. Um, so on that note, uh, after you listen to the show, when you go to bed tonight, say your prayers, take, 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 say your prayers, take your vitamins, train hard. And then the next morning, wake up and do the thing. Love y'all. Peace. Chicken grease. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs>